welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Moralia Python Radio. It feels like this is the second time we're doing this this week, Owen. I don't know. It's kind of... It is the weird. second time we're doing it this week. I mean, yeah. you know, it, and uh, much love to Bill and Buddy for having us on their show. But it is so weird when we're not, like, driving the ship. It's like... <laughs> oh, you ain't kidding, man. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just... I'm used to juggling all these things and like being the, being the one that's sort of like steering the, you know, the, the whole ship. And like when somebody else is, you're just kind of like sitting back and I'm like, should I, should I be quiet? You you got in there as like one question. And I'm like, and it was, it was so weird to the point where when you asked it, I'm like, who the hell was that? Oh, that's right. Eric's still here. So, you know, it was just, uh, yeah. Whatever. That was, uh, it, it, well, go ahead. It was <laughs> Dave, a very we don't got a rhythm. <laughs> I know, I know, we're totally screwed up. Uh, it was a very interesting show, you know, a terrifying show, but, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a very interesting show, and I, I was talking to somebody uh, the other day, and they're like, you know, I haven't really listened to the show, I don't really know how to pronounce the uh, NIDO virus. I'm like, you should figure that out, because it can very well be a very big problem. And he's like, oh, yeah. really? I'm like, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Ooh, yeah it's a, a thing. That was scary. So, like, yeah, I'm going to have to go back and listen to it, but, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think they're going to do a round two at some point, but uh, <laughs> let's uh, maybe you and me sit that one out. <laughs> so, yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> yeah, we'll let Bill. Uh, let hopefully, Bill won't be stopped buying some ball pythons at that point, so he'll be all well, set. He ready, was really ready to he, he took he took a show off to go ball buy, buy ball pythons. Yeah, now, if I did that for our show. I'm pretty sure you'd be so shocked you'd actually let me have the show off. Like, I, I, I got to go. I got to buy some ball pythons. You, what? Really? So, you know, it would just be. Huh? <laughs> this is a sign of the apocalypse, right? So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That is true. Um, yeah, tonight, uh, I'm, uh, I think it's going to be uh, an awesome uh, episode. Um, we're talking with. <laughs> no, just don't. Oh. Um, when, you, when you do download. Um, the show, uh, the GTP Keeper. Don't get mad at me for the outro. Just you know, that's all I'm gonna say. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! What did you? But he's like, but he's like, what do you got going on your show this? But he's like, what do you guys got going on your show this week? I have no idea. You should ask Eric. <laughs> he's like, really? I'm like, uh, I'm like, you'd think after five years, but no. <laughs> so yeah. No. Well, I'll tell you what we have going on tonight, uh, Owen. We have Mark uh, Goyer. Uh, he's coming on to talk uh, carpets and uh, Moralia, uh, things like bread lie, and we're going to talk about Darwin's and Inland's, uh, your favorite subject, maternal incubation. Yeah, uh, right. He works, <laughs> he works with uh, olive pythons and white lips and a whole slew of uh, awesome animals. So um, I'm looking cool. forward to to that. That should should be uh, should be some cool stuff. Um, 
But uh, I put First some pictures. Yes, <laughs> I put some pictures over there of some cool things that I saw hatching out just so we could yeah. uh, chat about them in the beginning. But um, our, our good friend Paul Harris at UK Pythons, he had a uh, tiger zebra to caramel tiger jag clutch. And it looks like he hatched out the tiger zebra caramel jag. Uh, I guess you would call it, <laughs> which is uh, pretty cool. Um, you know, it's funny. I remember back when I was breeding, um, first originally started breeding tigers to zebras, right. trying to figure out what the pattern would do. And a lot of people were kind of telling me that it wouldn't really do anything, but yeah, you I can was, see I on those animals. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> every time I see these animals, I'm like, God damn it. Just keep another stab <laughs> in that. Like, if like if we went through the back episodes of like which eventually I'm sure Rob will dig up and I'll make a complete ass of myself. It just is another like nail in that coffin of you idiot Owen, you were completely wrong. And <laughs> it really organized the pattern into three stripes and uh it looked awesome. So I, they did get that pinstripey kind of look you were going for. Yes, yes, yes. So that's uh so that's pretty cool. Um so uh congrats to Paul on that. And then I, I this one just kind of stood out to me because you know how I like stripes and I know you like stripes you do. too but I do uh, too. Adam Wooten uh <laughs> he had these uh jungles that are like yeah. freaking phenomenally striped hatched out of like normal looking parents so I don't know it's just striping in carpets is is, is so well, weird <laughs> Well I mean the the I assume the female is the one on the right I'm just guessing but it, there's some hints of a stripe of striping in there. It's like it wants to be striped, but it's kind of gotten interrupted. Um, and it just and, and again, striping in carpet pythons just definitely happens. So uh, I guess somewhere in the old genetic pool, the striping on the back got more organized with the offspring. But they definitely look gorgeous, uh, especially that little one on the on the left. That is awesome. So yeah, yeah. I'm put. I'm I'm sharing it over in the chat right now. Chucking them in the chat, yeah. Yeah, so people can see it. And the last thing I saw that was freaking insane is right up your alley. Uh, I'm oh. not really sure who this is, but um, it's uh, LeoPython.com. Um, yes. And the long wait has come to an end. Uh, they I, finally I proved out. I want to say his name is Josh or something. Uh, Josh, I believe, is his name over in, I think he's in Germany, actually. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, he's had this project for a while. Um, And the first thing came with, obviously, the T-positive albino white lip. It's a boy. Uh, And it was, the idea was he's never going to get it to breed because it's a white lip. So he was successful, which is plus number one. And he was able to produce uh, hats. And then he raised up the hats, and now he has crossed um, the uh, male back to the hats. And he has produced uh, T-positive albino gold face white lips. And they are out of the egg phenomenal. And it also brings the attention that baby white lips have a pattern because you can see it more like it's more obvious because you can kind of see how 
they would have that speckling or that banding or the uh, and all that stuff when they're really really tiny and then it eventually fades away. So they look gorgeous and I can't wait to see what the hell happens with these things. Um, and I would sell my kidney for these things. It is they're <laughs> gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, so congrats to him. I would say that one on the top, I guess that's the d- adult. Um that is that is cool, man. That is a cool snake, yeah. uh, for sure. Yeah, um, he's that, that he's this is like got to be uh I want to say that that snake's got to be close to 10 years old. If not, cuz I mean, this is a project that you had rumors about like eons ago. So Yeah. And there were some rumors that he had made hats and that people were selling the hats. And, of course, everybody called bull because it's, you know, nobody believed it. So there may be a few people who actually went and bought hats from this guy. So, you know, God, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be cool if it was was happening over here in the – in the States. Um, but like all things, eventually it'll make its way here and, uh, you know, we can, uh, we can work with it. I'm sure that's going to, that's the, that has moved up on the, uh, the list. Is that, uh, no. h- higher up? <laughs> I see the problem is that in order to invest in a project like this, I got to be able to freaking produce. So, you know, let me get my golds to breed once. Then maybe I'll, you know, think about this crap. Uh, there should be other people who have way more success who should jump on this. I mean, Ryan is one person that definitely comes to mind, should go do this. And then definitely uh, Tom Keoghan. So, you know, I, I would trust the project with those guys before I ever trusted it with myself. I would buy them and ship them to Ryan Young. So, you know. <laughs> Dear breathe Ryan, these please, breathe, please breathe these, love Owen. Yeah. You know, that's... <laughs> Yeah, how would go? That's cool though. That's uh, that's a cool project for sure. Um, yeah. it's I the uh, first morph in White Lip, I think. So yeah, there you wasn't go. there one a long time ago that um, uh, Robin and Chad had? If I'm not mistaken, something similar, but it died. I believe they very well could have, and it very well could have been related to this guy. I mean, I don't know. We'd have to talk to Robin about that, but um. I don't remember. So, yeah, oh. I think it's this. Alexander. Where the hell did I get Josh? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's not a very German Thank name. Thank you, <laughs> Josh. Josh, that's the most American name wow. you could have. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I screwed that one up. Alexander uh, and Vespa uh, and whatever the hell you pronounce his last name. Uh, sorry, guy. But he's the guy who produced the uh, sweat lip, the T-positive albino. So congrats to oh, him. Cool. Yes, yeah. yes. And thank you, Josh, uh, for swooping in and fixing me. So Yeah. Um, I did have a good uh, snake day today. Um, I got something uh, from from our friend Greg, Greg Heim. Um, we got a, a diamond, diamond mail. Purchase. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is from a reduced pattern uh, to a Gary Valle um, female. Um, so I'm pretty Uh-oh. excited to have what? I mean, 
you know, reduced patterns. Now you have uh, more reduced pattern goodness in certain things. You just hurry up and breed these goddamn animals. <laughs> yeah, my female, she's she's doing good. She's actually is reduced pattern, but uh, yeah, I know. this guy, he's got a he's got a few years before he even be close. But um, man, diamond pythons are so awesome. Uh, yeah, they, they really are. I know I'm going to get a lot of hate on this, but I, I really do like them better than Bolins. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I know people are <laughs> – the pitchforks are going to come out. For everyone who is mad about that, just remember, Eric Burke will be at Tinley Park, Chicago, um, and for a dollar, <laughs> I'll let you slap him across the face. So. <laughs> That's it? A dollar? Damn. Uh, well, I, I mean, I figured if I get enough people, it would be worth it. So. Yeah, no, some it's people not, might get in line again. <laughs> it's not that I don't like the Bolins. I just think that the diamonds. Uh... That's a terrible uh, question, Terry. So, I know white lips and Owen Palensis is available. Same price. Which do you choose? That's easy. No, Owen Palensis. No, no, whoa, whoa, whoa! It's not that easy. Okay. You know, it's easy for people like you, but for, you know, it, how it, you know, how big are the white lips? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm asking the quick, damn it. All right, continue. I have to argue with my computer and it's freaking goddamn. <laughs> um, Spell check and there you go. Anyway, but hey, hey it. Some people like certain things. I would probably go for the white lips just because white lips are just, I, I love them. And the contrast, I never thought you could get contrast in a white lip to be cooler than their natural one. But I do love these T positives. My only concern is what's the iridescence going to be like now that you've taken away their dark color? I don't know. Um uh... So would they be I'm trying to think like wouldn't they be like or, white orange, right? Yeah, they they'll be like that gold type, but I'm like but normally with a white lip what makes it so cool is that their scales are almost like an oil and like you get that iridescence across when they hit the sunlight or any kind of light really. With this kind of orangey gold color, is it Dull? Like, is there no iridescence at all? I don't know. That's a, that's a good yeah, question. I, don't know. I may have to buy several to, to you know, make To find out? And, yeah. yeah. Quick, take my kidney. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Man, then the uh, white lip market will crash and everybody oh, will be in a rush. God, I hope so. <laughs> You know, let let it spike up to the thousands and thousands of dollars. Let people buy this shit ton of them. Figure out the easy, cheap way to breed them. Breed the hell out of them and sell them all, so I can buy the T positive albinos for two hundred bucks a pop and be left alone. So you there know, you go. <laughs> let that happen. Nice. Um, so yeah, I mean that's uh, that's kind of all I got going. on. I'm just getting ready for breeding season over here. I'm I'm. I'm I'm weird? excited, man. I know you guys <laughs> are all like still like I don't want to rush it, but I can't wait. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I see everybody hatching stuff out, and I'm jealous. And 
you know, but my girls, they're ready, man. They're on fire. You, they're you ready. were the they're first guy. You were the first guy to put out what he's doing this breeding season. All of us are like trying to get babies ready. And I, I just hatched out of clutch last week. And you're uh-huh. like, here's what I'm breeding. I'm like, Jesus freaking Christ, dude. Will you pump the brakes? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm not going to figure that out till August. So, you know, it's, and I can tell, I mean, you're excited and you have many reasons to be excited, but you know, remember this when uh, you're up to your neck in baby carpets next year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still, you know, it's still that, well, I guess I always look at it as I don't have a hundred percent faith in myself that they're all going to go, <laughs> but I don't know. The year off might have uh, like boosted them up, you know, right. They're ready to rock. Um, well, and the other downside is that how you like, like to hoard everything back. So, you know, you might breed this year and decide you have to take next year off because of the amount of babies that are still there. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I suppose so. <laughs> you you, know, you I may mean, become an all... every other year breeder. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. There's, there's so many projects and like, you know what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get like the recessive stuff. Yeah. Know, the stuff that I am going to hold back. Um, I'm trying to get that all sort of, you know, starting to go. So that yeah. you know, I can be raising them up as I'm doing those other projects. But you know, you know how it is. You like, <clears throat> you have a project. You you know, you went, you bought the animals, and you know there were babies, and you you didn't think like you know three years would go so fast, and then the next thing you know, you're like, oh shit, you know, yeah, uh, <laughs> oh crap, they're ready, <laughs> they're ready to go. <laughs> do I do I breed this or do I breed that or you know? And it's like. I even have females that are like, I'm not even thinking about, you know, I, they're not even in the mix and that's still, what did I have? Like 21 pairings. I don't know. I don't know, man, that, that might be too much, you know, I don't know. We'll see, see yeah. how it goes. We'll but, uh, try. So. Sure. It's exciting, but uh, I don't know. I guess that's enough of us rambling. Let's get Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to hear us. Yeah. yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> you heard, heard enough of us the other day. <laughs> Hey, Mark. Welcome to Morelli Python Radio. Glad to have you. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about you guys? Doing hey, great. We're doing all right. Yeah, you guys missed a good Australia trip, that's for sure. Well, oh, another show yeah. about rubbing oh, that yeah, in. I'm going to bust your balls about it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. You yeah, might you as well. Good stuff. <laughs> I haven't even talked to Nick since because I fear what would happen. But, you know... <laughs> Yeah, that's oh, why he was sending you guys those pictures every time we'd find something cool, you know? Yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he God told damn us it. Gonna... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's something you guys message. definitely need to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, I got a know, text message. With the stuff. Go ahead. Especially with what? No, I was going to say, I, you know, it's like 3 o'clock in the morning and a text message pops up and there's Nick sending me a picture of, uh, you know, scrub python, and then it's like jungle carpet python, and I'm like, son of yeah, a bitch. Yeah, the gelatin jungles, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, very cool. Yeah, because you guys keep all the stuff from there, so it's really neat to see it in the wild, you know, and how it interacts, and you see it in the wild, and you're like, holy cow, it's living in these conditions, and we're afraid to get them below 70 degrees, really? 
Well, like, well, I can see what they can take. Well, guess what? They're going to take more at home now. <laughs> Snake at home definitely got, like, pushed off their pedestals. Yeah, I got yeah. you. Oh, yeah. I mean, this, They're all thinking, why tough. did he have to go? Why did he yeah. have to go? Damn it. Yeah, I mean, these animals are tough. I mean, they're beat up and scarred up, and they are tough. Yeah. You really see definitely. the conditions that they live in when you go see them. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, it's pretty fun. So, Mark, Mark, can you talk about uh, how you got into reptiles in the first place, and what what brought what brought you to Morelia? Well, how I got into reptiles was, you know, my mom and dad they were around that stuff when they were kids, and then you know, me growing up in Southern California, that stuff's everywhere. So, pretty much, my mom got me into it, and just catching stuff and keeping, you know, just the local stuff. And then, um, you know, I met. Nick, probably about 15, 16 years ago, one of the shows, and bought some green trees and stuff, and we got to talking one day. He goes, well, you like green trees? He said, you really like, you know, carpet pythons. They're just like them, but a little bigger. And so that's basically how I got my start in, like, 2007 or 2009, I bought my first carpet, and I ended up buying, like, seven from Nick at one show. (laughs) So you kind of jumped in with both feet here. Yeah. yeah, and just kind of, you know, fell in love with them. And and um, I produced, my first clutch I produced was in 2012 with uh, the UK coastal I got from Paul and Paul Harris from Europe. Cool. So, and that ended, that ended up being, she ended up maternally incubating that clutch was my very first clutch ever. That was kind of, cool. you know, very you know, cool to see that happen. And Nick told me what to do, and I did what he told me to do, and I was successful, you know. Pretty much just follow that same path, you know, on through everything, you know. Yeah, man, me and you are a lot alike. Uh, 2009 I started, 2012 was my first clutch, and my first one was maternally incubated, except it was IJs. That's pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I had did. (laughs) I did two. I did a strike, a caramel, a male caramel to a female strike, which I still have. And then I did that, that same caramel male to my UK girl. And uh, I still have her too. So she's like the one we used to prove things out, like our super caramels and that kind of stuff. So we, yeah. he'll send one over pretty here. Sure we all have, pretty sure we all have caramels from the same clutch. If we all got them yeah. all in 2009, so you know that's I'm pretty sure that's what happened there. I know where at least uh, five of those animals went. So here you go. So yeah. All right. Um, yeah. What, what size collection are you working with? I mean, you know how how big I'm is running, it, and what do you got? I'm running about 200 animals right now. Nice. So, yeah, a little bit of everything. Quite a few carpets. Um, I got some tree boa stuff, some Amazons. Some Wago Islands. Um, I got some Solomon Island um, tree boas. Then, a, you know, a bunch of the green trees, of course. Got, you know, the Manacoris and Waminas. Got some Jayaparas and the Bioc Wamina crosses I got from Ryan years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm running those. Um, got some Brazilian rainbow stuff. Got some hypos and a pet hypo female. Playing with that. Nice. Um, just got a trio of Papua New Guinea olive pythons. So I'm playing with that a little bit too. <laughs> and then the then the 
the normal all of all of these. Um, got some fuskis. Then I got a pair of uh, the Southern White Lifts from Ryan. They're 2014s. And then I just recently got a, a pair of uh, this Northern Gold Bays, but they're still babies. They're this year, so they'll from be a Ryan? while before. No, those came from, um, from a guy in Florida. Joe okay. Fuskowski, I think, is his last name. I got those from him, so. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, a little bit of everything. You know, quite a bit of stuff. Oh. Yeah, yeah, a little, little, little collection. Yeah, about two hundred. Yeah. yeah, and it sounds like you're. It's getting to kinda... be. It's getting to be doing between working full time and doing that. It's it's you know quite a bit. To, it's time for yeah. me to build a building. <laughs> you know, you graduated. Yeah. So I went yeah, from one room sleep? to a room and a half now. So it's time to build a building. Yep. So, uh, so can you kind of run us through your your setup for your carpet pythons? You know. Uh, what are they in, and what are your temps that you kind of do, and how do you kind of oh, uh, I do, keep with the daily for them? Yeah, I do an, an ambient air temperature in the room, you know, run off a Johnson controller with the oil heater, you know, on the ceiling fan. So I, you know, run the daytime heats. You know, mm-hmm. this time of year I'm running, you know, 80, 81 degrees year-round until winter comes. But, you know, they're in – there. some of them are in uh, two foot by four foot by – Two foot tall cages. I got 16 tall, 14 tall cages. I got a few of those. Um, CB50 rack, couple rack systems I built. Mm-hmm. Um, I got some in some CB70s, you know, for some other stuff. And it's you know, all my cages are made out of uh, ABS plastic that I I built all that stuff. So I got the skills to do all that. Cool. Everything in my room is pretty much you know built. And then um, for like my babies and some of my tubs, I use uh, the food service tubs because they never change them. Huh. They always stay okay. the same. So 10 years from now, I can go to cash and carry the grocery store and I can go buy those tubs and they'll still be the same. Yeah, there's a plus. And, they run, and, they'll, and they'll run three different sizes. So you'll have like a quarter-inch size tub, a half tub, and a full pan size tub, which will all fit my same rack because they're all the same heights. I mean, yeah. so they'll fit all three. So wow. do that. Um, I like that idea. Yeah, <laughs> be cool. Actually, I got that. I got that that idea from Nick. Yeah. Over there, seeing his stuff, and I go, "Where are these tubs?" He goes, "Oh, these are the ones from Cash and Carry. The food, you know, for their for restaurants and that kind of stuff. If you go like, you know, any of the restaurants, you'll see those tubs they bring out. You see the yeah. stainless ones, but they have plastic ones too, and they work huh. great." Look into this. All my my cages, like all my bigger cages, I run arboreal hides too. Yeah, uh, we were gonna ask about those. Love the arboreal hides. Okay, how do you set that up? So, um, the cash and carry tubs, it's like a busboy tub. They're black. Yeah. So I just take a piece of um, three-quarter inch channel and a piece of three-quarter inch um, angle. Cut it off to the sides, sides that I need. Uh-huh. I screw the screw the piece of angle to the back of the cage, and then the front part of the cage I'll run that piece of that piece of uh, is that a brain fade there? <laughs> yeah, the C channel, you know, and I'll screw it through the top of the cage. You know, I'll drill and tap it and screw it to the top of the cage, and then you can just slide the tub right in all the way to the one side of the corner. 
And then um, you guys have probably seen the tubs at, like, bean farm sales, the little black ones that are all pressed out. Yeah. And I'll basically do the same thing with those, where I'll take a piece of um, piece of plastic, a piece of king board, you know, the marine-grade plastic, and mm-hmm. I'll do the same thing with that. I'll put one on the side, you know, and have a little bit of a gap between that and the top, and then the other one I'll just I'll cut a piece, rip a piece, and then I'll router, router a uh, a groove in it, and then I'll just slide the tub over and screw it to the top, and I can just slide them in and out. So if you and need to check the female, she's laying eggs or something, you can just pop the tub down and crack and look in there and see, oh, okay, she's, you know, sitting on a load of eggs or whatever. You know, because you guys see a lot of that stuff on my Facebook page. You guys go in there and yeah. see me with the tub down, and you can see the female around the eggs and stuff. Oh, we've seen some of your pictures where, like, a snake is hanging out of one of those... Arboreal hunts. Yeah, the Port Douglas. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been I've been thinking about it for uh, scrubs and stuff like that. So you know. Oh yeah, they love them too. Ah, man. Yeah, I do have. That's right. I have a pair of Walmina scrubs too. That is awesome. I like that, and that's like just a little. You just thought it up one day, kind of a deal, and it worked out great. Well, Nick was doing it. Nick was doing it with just some other tubs he got, and it just. And he's done it with a bucket where he, like, screwed a lid to a bucket to the ceiling and then popped a bucket inside the lid, put a hole in it. Yeah. You know, and carpets love it. All your arboreal stuff loves it. I mean, they get in it. You know, they're up yeah, there. Cool. Safe. They feel safe. They'll hang out and wait for something to come running across the bottom of the cage and grab it and snatch it up. Oh, yeah. If they, if so, they have... If they have the option of being alboreal hide, they're going to be in it. Guaranteed. Wow. I Every like that. one of my snakes lives in that thing. The olive pythons huh. are in them. The pop one olive pythons are in them. I bet you uh, they just... Falling. I bet you they feel uh, secure up there uh, off the ground, you know, and then in a hide. It's like the best of both yeah. worlds, you know what I mean? And plus it gives you huh. more cage space. True. <laughs> True story, yeah. That's yeah, cool. That that was you know that was one of the reasons why doing it, it gives you more cage space. Very cool. Well, you know, it's 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 a really cool idea. I mean and it's pretty simple to do, so you put I mean, anything much, in it? As far as moss run, or anything I'll like put, that? Well in the breeding season I'll put like some some moss in it. In the breeding, uh-huh. you know, in the breeding season, and then like right now, this time of year, I just put paper towel in there. Okay. You know okay. that way it's easy to clean because they will, you know, defecate inside of them and stuff. So <laughs> I just do that to help keep it clean. Right. Okay. Cool. Um, I did. I I did want to uh, to circle back for a second because you said you were at Nick's place, so. For for us that can only imagine what it's like to go there, what 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 was it like? Was it you know were you amazed? Like oh my god, I can't believe. Um. Oh yeah, he's got a lot of stuff. I go over there all the time, see, because I'm only 300 miles away, so he's on this side, okay. I'm on this side. So, so we see each it's, other all the time. We do all the shows together and cool. And all okay. Stuff. So yeah, he's actually I actually did his I actually did the drywall in his baby room for him. Oh, there you so go. That's what I do for a living. So. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, he just finally got to where he's producing so many babies, he had to make more room. He's just out of space. He's yeah. out of space now. He's you know he's 
he's running over a thousand animals, so you know, with babies. Wow. Yeah, a lot. Of, he has a lot of cool stuff. You know, a lot of a lot of carpets. You know, because that's his main. You know, his main business. But sure. A lot sure. of other stuff too. You know, so he keeps a lot of different stuff. Yeah, he has uh, some of, pretty. You different... know, some of the stuff he showed me. Yeah. Some stuff you showed me got me into it, and you know, I was like, "Oh, that's really cool! I want some of those too." You know, <laughs> he's pretty good yeah. at that, isn't he? <laughs> oh yeah, he's pretty good talking you into stuff, but that's yeah. his job, you know. Uh huh. Yeah, so, he's uh, he's he's good at his job, that's for sure. Yeah, he knows what he's talking about, and, and cool. it helps. Well, yeah, definitely uh, to have him, I guess, at your, uh, you know, right around the corner. Well, not around the corner from you, but you know what I mean. It's probably uh, it's probably a nice little bonus to to, to be able to. Uh, yeah, he doesn't. Pick he doesn't bring. let just any. He doesn't let just any Joe Slow come over to the house either. I mean, no. has to know you for a while, and and which I yeah. totally understand. I'm the same way now because I'm starting yeah. to get, you know, because I got quite a bit of his stuff here at the house and. Like I don't want everybody knowing what I got. Yeah, you know, right. You know, when you got a hundred thousand dollar collection like Nick's got, I mean, you know, that's his whole livelihood. I mean, so you got to be really careful with that stuff, you know, because that's how people get their stuff ripped off. It's all of a sudden you let somebody come over, and next thing you know, you talk to this other dude, and the next thing you know, you come home and somebody broke in your house and stole all your stuff. Yeah. So you yeah, gotta kind of be I, careful that way. I think it was on Reptile Radio way back in the day that Vin Russo was talking about that, where he had somebody break into his house and, you know, I I think they tried to steal some kind of expensive ball python, but he's kind of like, nobody knows, or very, I should say very few people know where his uh, building is now, like where his snakes are now and very select on who you're letting in, so you know. Yeah, I mean, there was just here not too recently. There was a guy up in Seattle that got a bunch of his stuff stolen from doing that. Holy shit! But an ad up. Wow. Put an ad up, and the guy came over and saw what he had, and then like a couple weeks later, everything got stolen. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> oh man! It crushed me. I was like, dude, I got thousands of dollars. Yeah. Whew. Um, wow. <clears throat> so let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, um, one, uh, for me in particular that I was interested in picking your brain on was, um, Darwin carpets. Um, I know I saw in your post that it, that it said that you, uh, tried them for seven years. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got her, I got her from Paul had her was one of the ones that Paul sent over. I got her. I paid like forty four hundred dollars for her, for a het albino back okay. when I first came over. Right. And I had her. She was probably a yearling when I got her, so she had a little bit of size on her. Okay. And so by the next by the next year, she was ready to go. I mean, Nick flew an albino from got from Paul flew an albino to try to breed her that year because that would have been the first one to go. Okay. She was big enough. None of his stuff was big enough, but she was. So she was over at his house. He could, he tried for two years to get her to go. And then I got her here, and I've been trying, you know, the other four or the other five. 
and she finally went this year. I thought she was going to go last year, oh. but she swelled up, but not a big ovulation, just kind of an acting kind of gravid while she's sitting on the heat. You know, she's over in the corner on the heat, and back up in the hide box and back on the heat. And I was like, well, something's going on. Right. She just reabsorbed. Didn't it? Wasn't you that had had one that took like the same amount of time to get going with a carpet? Your Eric's Exanic was something yeah. that oh, drove him crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I got um, so I got seven eggs and five slugs out of her this year, and I don't know who the okay. daddy is because I put two males to her. So I was just the last two years I've just been throwing two males at her. I think they're just <laughs> somebody. Yeah. <laughs> somebody yeah. Somebody or something. So I threw a male albino in there, and I seen him lock up twice. And uh, so I don't know who that is. The other one's a is a is a hundred percent het kind of striped R one. Not as good looking as my female, but so I just got the eggs. I just got the eggs here, hatched about a week or so ago. So I got I got six. I lost one egg in incubation. Got six, and I got a uh, two point two point four. So three of them were albino girls, and I got the other ones are just normal. So they're only going to, I'm only about to sell them for 60 strip that hats, you know, for the hats. But it's right. what it is. I got something, so I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> but like Nick said, he goes, like Nick said, he says, well, as soon as normally is what he's found in that same situation is normally they're off to the races after that. It's just getting their cherry broke the first time and yeah. in there knowing what they're supposed to be doing. So, yeah, she was going to figure it out. I thought she was going to have, I thought she was going to have like 18 eggs or something because she was, you know, just perfect. Not too big, not too small. You know, running about two thousand grams probably, and ready to go. So. Right. So I'm just gonna cover <clears throat> up and try to get her to go this year. What do you think is the was the issue? Because uh, the reason I ask is because uh, I know um, I was talking to Jason Balin a few years ago, and I know he had the same type of issue where the you know they were of size right age but he couldn't get them to go what do you do you have any thoughts on i you know i have no idea why yeah. i mean there's a couple of years the last two years she ovulated but uh-huh. it wasn't a big ovulation it was just like well maybe maybe it was that male that i was using mm. maybe it was him i don't know i guess it could be yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe he wasn't, you know, giving her enough enough sperm or something and it wasn't enough for her to do what she needed to do. Mm-hmm. This yeah, year man. was like I just threw that I threw that albino in there at the last second, last minute. I was like, screw it, I'm gonna throw him in there. Because he wasn't pretty He just happened to be Yeah. He just happened to be huh. the size of like, ah, what the heck, I'll throw him in there, see what happens. You know, put him in with another male, let him combat a little bit. And I was like, Okay, he's fighting, so he might want to do something i seen him walk up twice, and the next thing I know, she's grabbed. So is it him? I don't know. Is it the other one? I don't know. <laughs> you you're you're going to be guessing the whole time until you, you know. Well, obviously, next this year, this upcoming season, the albino is going to be in there with her. So, Right. And then I'm going to put okay, that other. I have a striped, a, I have a striped um, female on that male that I use, the other male stripe. So I'm going to put him with her and see what happens. So. What happens with that? Oh, cool! So That'll she's, be a cool project. She's up big enough, ready to go too. Yeah. Cool. 
Um, so, uh, I mean, what, how do I, uh, so what time of, when did she ovulate? I guess would be the question. Like what time of the season was she, were they at the beginning or were they late? No, it was late. Yeah. It was late. She was one of my, well, that one just hatched. So I think, because me and Nick run late. I mean, we don't really mm-hmm. start until December. Right. You, know, you guys are hatching stuff when we're getting eggs. I mean, <laughs> we're like, yeah, but I'm I... like going, damn, these guys are getting eggs. These guys are hatching stuff. <laughs> we haven't got eggs yet. I, I got think uh... I'm hatching today, actually. So. Yeah, there you go. Cool. Yeah. Um, I, think uh... I think that's going to change. It's been changing, though. I mean, I don't know. Owen, you could probably – I mean, I don't know about this year in particular, but – it seems like it's not getting as cold as quick. You know, like over here, it used to get cold. Like in November, it would be cold. Now it's like, you know, last, what was it, last year at Christmas, it was like 70 degrees? Or was that the degrees, year before, yeah. Owen? No, I think it was the year remember. before, but yeah, it was messing us yeah, up. But it, it's one of those things where it's like now breeding season is almost extended, where if you start at your normal date or what you used to start in like, you know, December, November, or whatever the hell, um, putting pairs together, you have a group that'll go different times. It's almost like now breeding season starts in February and extends all the way through to like June, where you can still get yeah, eggs think, and breeding. So, yeah, I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't getting my eggs until I think my first clutch was April. So they were ovulating, you know. You know, a month and a half before, two months before mm-hmm. that, right? You know, so. And I think my first clutch well, was in like May or we, March. Because we, so. yeah, because we have gone to Australia two times. You know, the last mm-hmm. we went in fourteen, didn't go fifteen, then we went just last year. So we weren't getting back until you know the first of December. So we're not even going to start anything until we get back. And now it's just like, well, I'll just keep. Keep them on the same schedule. And right. Sometimes yeah. with like where you guys live and where I live, you know, here in Washington, it starts getting cooler and, you know, come October, the end of October, it's starting to cool down. And I think they kind of sense that already. Mm-hmm. So you kind of already started, even though you haven't started dropping the temps at night. Okay. So, yeah. So, so here's a, so here's a question since you just said that, um, and this is a little off topic, but, as far as like <clears throat> when when you start dropping your temps um, through breeding season, so during the normal part of the year, uh, are you keeping like a hot spot throughout the night or? Yeah, so they got their basking, so their their heat pad or their heat or their flex water, whatever I got in there, that's right. on constant. It doesn't get shut off. Right. So I got it hooked up to a to a stat, of course, but that stuff stays on whole time after breeding season that's on and then gotcha. once i start cooling once i start cooling it go when the lights go off that stuff shuts off gotcha okay so they'll have it they won't have it at night turn it off and then okay. when i start warming back up of course i just turn them back on i just take them off the night cycle and just warm them up right so actually so if the female's ovulating during that time 
Uh-huh. Okay, she'll she'll sit on that basking spot all day, and then at night it'll shut off because I'm still, you know, going through this going through the cycle. But it doesn't seem to affect them at all. So, huh. you know, that's what they're doing okay. in the wild. You know, that's sure. What they're doing in the wild. So uh, during the day they're going to go find, you know, climb out on a limb or they're sitting out on a rock or something to warm up during the day. You know, or sitting right on the edge of that rock crevice. You know, because at night you know those temperatures are going to be dropping at night. I mean, right. That, Time we went to Western Australia, 2014. It was their spring. We were having like 50 degree nights. It was freaking cold. <laughs> wow. I mean, you, you, we were shivering. It was cold. And what part yeah, of Australia was that? That was Western Australia. So we were, you know, up there above Perth. Oh, you know, okay. That, that time, hmm. that was up at Exmouth and that. Oh, Here that's the time National that. <clears throat> Ryan Young went with you guys. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was another. That was a good trip too. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. Couldn't get off of work because <laughs> of that one. <laughs> Couldn't get off you of work. Should... <laughs> I'm too just broke. Him, Screw it, I'm going. That's what I told him. <laughs> you just keep putting. You take that snake money and you just keep setting it as a target. I know. That's I know. The last few times. That's what I'm yeah. trying to do now. So. Yeah. We'll get there. there. The last trip, I only spent three grand. That's yeah. including flying there. And yeah. Flying home. That's not, yeah, that's not bad at all. If you get like four guys, if you get like four guys to go, it's not bad. You split yeah. the car rental, you split the the gas, and then you, we camped the rest of the time. We only stayed in a hotel one night. Right. So you know, and Man. you get whatever food you want, and you just wing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm it's fine with that. Man. Yeah, I'm living the dream. Blast. Yeah. Yeah, it was a blast. I think the first time I went, I only spent like, we went to Western Australia, and that was more expensive because the airfare was like eighteen twenty-five to go there. Okay. You got to fly across the whole continent. Right. And, that, and I only spent like thirty-five that time. Right. Still not that bad. No, not that really. was just between. The, that was just splitting, you know, hotel. You know, we had like a hotel three nights for us time we camped. Um, mm-hmm. You know, gas and and car rental between the three of us. You know, and it still wasn't that bad. So you can do it on the cheap, right? Cheaper than you think. Yeah, the only the only difference with us is we got to pay to get to the west, out west. Yeah, that's what Chris. That's yeah. what Chris had to do. You know, he, he got that. You know, he got that extra seven hundred bucks, five hundred dollars, whatever it cost to get to L.A. But yeah. still, it's not that bad. Yeah. No. It's worth it, so. you know. <laughs> I, w- yeah, I have to is. imagine so. it's worth it, you know, when you're seeing a car oh, python in the wild. There it is, you know, like, <laughs> holy that's what shit. I really, that's what I really wanted to see this time. That was the main thing I wanted to see was the gelatin jungle. Yeah. And it was gorgeous. Yeah. And I got a picture of it on my there. wall. <laughs> I got a oh, yeah, you bought that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> it was that carpet fest thing, yeah. and then was I'm that horribly parasite infected green tree. That was uh, that was this trip, right? You guys found that yeah. one green tree that was that like was yeah. That's with... when we went to Iron oh. Range National Park. Yeah, green tree and got the the got the the scrubby too. And those scrubs up there are different than the ones down south. They're super mm. mellow. They're mellow and they are kind of ghosty looking in appearance. They're really neat. 
Huh. That's cool. Yeah, well, we had Dan. Yeah, when we had Daniel Natush on, he was saying that he believes that they're two separate species. The you know. I I would well because we got one down by Karen. We found one down by Karen's too. Uh huh. And it wasn't ghosty. It wasn't ghosty looking like like the Iron Range ones. And it was okay. an asshole. Total different. <laughs> just a normal scrub. A normal scrub, yeah. You know, like like a normal scrub would be just nasty. You know, just he wasn't too bad, but you know he was pissy. Right. Bit Nick on the leg. He got me on the hand a couple of times, but I don't care if I get bit a little bit all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Business as usual of a python breeder. Yeah, that's how it goes. Seeing, seeing the green trees in the wild, that was really cool. You know. Yeah, I would bet that's. Uh, like that's all the definitely... chondro guys. Oh, they got to be twelve hundred grams of breed. No, they don't. I don't own a chondro that's twelve hundred grams. <laughs> Me and O were just female, talking about biggest, that. My biggest female is 675 grams. And she's wow. a 2009. Huh. That snake has never eaten a rat in its life, and it never will. Ever. They're not a big snake. They're small. Yeah, People yeah. don't understand that. Yeah, the people the ones, pump the them up. The in Australia weren't, weren't big. Yeah, they get them too big. Yeah. And that's why, they, that's why they get 25 eggs out of them, and they die in five years. Yeah. Maybe one day. <laughs> Maybe one day people will, you know, take that to yeah, heart. Gonna do what, yeah. They're going to do I what mean, they're going to do. I've done it with an IJ, my very first IJ I got. I fed her. Every time she wanted to eat, I fed her. And she was a train wreck. Yeah, mm. I think I only ever got, what, three babies out of her. That was it. Really? Yeah, I was yeah. a train wreck. We bred her three times, and Nick goes, I think you ruined her. And I said, he goes, well, that's one way of learning. And I said, yep. Yeah. yeah. Never make oh, that no. mistake again. Nope. <laughs> so what's your feeding regimen like? Like, what do you, how do you approach feeding uh, uh, babies, your collection? Like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to do babies to raise up for myself, I feed them, you know, every five to seven days. I handle okay. that food, you know, like, the first couple of years. Yeah. So when I get them to the size I want, I just back it off. So, okay. Yeah. Like my female bread lie, the one with the pictures on, on the site with the babies. She's six. Uh-huh. She's a tank. But she's where she, you know, and I didn't get her there by, you know, I, like after they have a big clutch like that, I'll feed her every week, jumbo rat every week. until I get her, her weight back up. As soon as her weight right. there, it's like one, one jumbo rat a month. Yeah, that's no, about right. Yeah. yeah, sounds about so right. Once I get them where I want them, I just back them off. They want to eat all the time. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you go come I to do, feed everybody same, else? I, yeah. I do the same thing with my green trees. The same. Every, pretty much everybody the same way. The green right. trees the same way. I mean. Now, you know, do I'll you walk look in at the next day? They want something to eat. Do you do any well, kind of what? like? Do you do any kind of cycle feeding when it comes to, uh, you know, like pre-breeding season or anything? I feed everybody, and then once breeding season stops, I pretty much just cut everybody off. Cut everybody every off, okay. Them, yeah. Every once in a while, I'll throw them something, you know. Okay. Somebody needs a little bit, you know. That's just the ones I'm breeding. Most, I, know the, I know some of the guys do that with the chondros. They'll kind of feed them. 
in between. That's something I haven't tried yet. I kind of been wanting to talk to Ryan about. Yeah, my approach is like you know, like right now, I sort of uh, I sort of hammer them with food. Like I I try to feed them like every you know the females I'll probably do every week. Um, yeah, that's what I'm doing with with mine, especially the ones that that I've bred this year that have laid eggs. I hammer right. Yeah, they, they need put, to put the, that weight back on. Put the weight back on, yeah. And then I kind of like come uh, I think probably November. You know, I start to what I what I was thinking is is that I'm going to uh, shorten the uh, start to dial it back as the closer I get to when I'm going to do a cool down, but I'm going to also yeah. lower uh, smaller size uh, prey items. You know, so like typically, I, normally I feed my adults maybe a medium rat, but uh, you know, right now I'm feeding them. Uh, I guess they would be jumbo rats or large rats. I, I, you know, it depends on, yeah. you know, where you get it from, but like, then I'll start to slowly take it back down. And then by the end, right before I'll just be feeding them small. But, um, one thing, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever tried this, but I'm like, when I warm back up, I feed a little bit then. And then it's like all my females like ovulate, like right after that. I, yeah, don't know what I, it is. I do that. I do that. I haven't tried that with like the normal carpets, but I do that with the brothers. Uh-huh. Okay. The brittles, I the brittles, I'll feed all the way down until my temperature hits seventy degrees because they don't even recognize seventy degrees. Yeah, they just laugh at that. <laughs> like, That's nothing. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean where they live, it gets a hundred and something during the day, and it gets you know freezing at night. Right. So I'll feed them right up till you know the females. I'll feed up, and the males. I'll you know the males. I only feed like once a month, and they'll get like a maybe a small rat or maybe a medium. Because I want to keep them mm-hmm. small, and the, right. know, I get they got the good muscle tone and everything, but I want to keep them at that you know that little three to four foot range and not big around. Right. And um, then I think they do better. You know, they seem to be more wanting to breed than a big male. You know. Sure. Sure. But uh, but my brettles, I'll take them. I'll feed them right up till before I take them out of my room because I. I leave them in there. I drop the temperatures. Once the temperature in my room hits 70 degrees, I mm-hmm. pull them out of my room and they go in the spare room where I can drop it down into the low Further. 50s, high 50s. Okay. I do the same thing with the inlands. I take the inlands down too. They do the same thing. How long okay. do they stay down? In, huh? How long do they stay and down? And cool down, they'll be 50s. in there. They'll be in there until... I start to warm the room back up. Once I start warming the room back up, I pull them out of there. They go back in their cages, and uh, I start warming them back up. I feed them. I'll feed them a couple of meals. They'll go right into okay. a shed. Do you right give them a, a hot spot? That. When you drop them, do you give them like a bat, like down like During the day, I Yep. During the day, the the light will come on in the tub. And they'll have a basking spot during the day, then at night it'll drop. Just like I do in the other okay, room, cool. it'll drop further. Because they're in the other room, I can open the window and get the temperature down lower. Gotcha. Cool. You have to do that with brettles because they just will mm-hmm. not recognize 70 degrees. It's just not cold enough. Because it wasn't yeah. good. You got to do the same thing with, with um, I think inland you can kind of get away with it. You get them right. down on the bottom where it's a little cooler. I think Nick, Nick doesn't really do it, but I do it. 
And then diamonds, I think you got to take down pretty low too. The one I've heard. We've heard that. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah. you keep them at you keep them at seventy degrees year round with a basking spot. So you know, they're Basically. totally different animals. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, they don't get to yeah. go in your snake room. They get to go in the living room in a nice cool cage. <laughs> yeah, I have That's them. Uh, I haven't got yet with diamonds. I want some. Yeah, I, I actually I just got one today, but uh, so now I have a pair. But um, yeah, I have them in my a separate room. It's just a regular ambient with a hot spot, and then the hot spot I just yeah. uh, you know the length of day depends on the time of year. You know, as we go closer to the the winter time. Uh, you know, it shortens to few hours a day, you know, but uh, yeah, I do that too in the, in the winter time. So they're, so I'll give them eight hours of, of, you know, heat and then that kicks off and then it's like 12 hours of, you know, cool down to kind of break it up when I'm breathing stuff. So yeah. I'm, I'm backing up to the, to the brettles and the inlands. Um, are you shooting for a, a specific temperature, or you're shooting for 50? Is that as, as low as you, you're taking them? Or At the low, I've gone about – normally I'd normally run around 60 to the you know, mid to high 50s. That's probably enough to do it. Okay. I've heard of guys taking them to that. You know, I've heard of, heard of guys having them down, in the, down into the um, high 40s. Jesus! Wow, brothers are <laughs> freaking bulletproof, man. You got to hit those things yeah. over the head with a hammer to kill them. <laughs> Same with inland. I'll right? admit that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I'm curious of like, what do you have? Like, a, a do you put them in a rack? Is that how you separate them out? Like, you put gonna, them in that I'm, other room. I want to put them in the other room. I just put them on the female that I'm going to breed them to. Yeah, but is it like, is it going, do you have like a separate setup, like another cage, or is it just stick them yeah, in a I rack? Yeah, I got like or? a couple big, I got a couple big tubs with a with a light on top. I'm going to build a CB70 rack to put them in. Gotcha, okay. Gotcha. Into one of those, put it in the second room. I just haven't got around to building it yet, but that's what I'm going to do. But right now, I'm just running a couple big tubs with a, with a light and a bulb, and I you know, figured out what size bulb I need to run in there to get the temperature up, you know, to 80 degrees during the day. And then it's on a timer, so it's, it just shuts off, and then it, the room cools down. And, you know, it just gives them enough to trigger them to, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do. Right. So you is know, the bulb for heat or it. for light? Is it For heat. Mostly for, for heat. heat. Okay. I, and I you're run doing... all lights. I got all LED and fluorescent lights in my cages, too, so those all are on timers and they come on. I normally really don't change that much. I just leave it the same. Right. Year around, it just changes the temperature. Gotcha. It to go fine. So I know some guys, you know, will shorten their daytime times. Right. You know. And I don't know if they really recognize that because well, most of the stuff lives that the time of day really doesn't change much. You know, the daylight. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, you know, pretty much the same. But I haven't been in Australia the whole year, so <laughs> I don't really know how it works there. But <laughs> I don't know if it's the same as, as here, you know. Gotcha. That got me curious about looking into that now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> so, 
my life cycles just follow what's going on here. Like, uh, that's, that's how I approach it. You know, I don't really have life. Yeah, I do. I do the same thing. All right. I can say I do the same thing. Yeah. So if it's getting dark at say like five o'clock, my lights go off yeah. at five. Yeah. And then they'll come back on like at eight in the morning. Right. And then this time of year, they will be a little, they will be like 10 hours instead of eight hours. Yeah. I kind of right. change it up a little bit. Now that I think about it, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I think it's, it's funny. I think it's mostly a temperature thing. To get, them to get them going. Yeah. yeah, I always felt that there's like maybe like there's like maybe four or five different cues, and as long as you stay with that rhythm uh, of what your animals are dialed into, then they just follow that. But you know, that's what I, that's I mean, talking to so many different people on the show. You know, some people, they do light cycles, some people do heat, some people do food, some people do all those, some people don't do any of those, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, they all have success, so, you know, I don't know, I think it's just being consistent um, and getting Exactly, them- I was I was talking to Ryan about that, you know, because you know, he produces a lot of cool stuff, I mean, a lot of oh, yeah, he breeding produces, and he's like, well, he goes, every year, my thing starts at the same time. And it ends at the same time. As I brought these captive bred animals up, they know that's the cues. They know when yeah. it's going to be time to breed. He says he has ones that are starting. They know what's coming. He hasn't got to the date where he's going to start yet, but they know what's coming, and they're already kicking in. Right. Because he keeps it consistent, like you were saying, the whole time. And that's what we're. That's why I haven't changed mine. That's why I start so late, because that's when these guys figure out, well, wait, food's starting to drop off. He's not feeding us as much. It's starting to get cooler. They're kind of, they right. know it's, you know, it's, it's coming. Right. Mm-hmm. So I went for 13 clutches this year, and I got seven. Okay. That's that's that's, that's great. So, that's pretty awesome. What did I you miss on? That just, uh, Rockhampton's just slugged out, but I never did see, see the male breeder. Um, my striped... I have a really nice tiger or striped male uh, coastal to a. It was, I was trying to prove out a super caramel jack from Paul Harris, which I no longer have. Sold her, but she slugged out both times. I don't know if it's the male. It could have been the male. So this year I'm going to throw them in a couple different females and see what happens. Mm-hmm. So if it's him, but you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't, my, not until you my, tested. My, yeah, my pygmies didn't go. I did. I tried two IJ clutches, didn't go. But she went the year before. And the other female's kind of a little small. Um, what else did I do? Both of the Tully jungles, I thought they were going to go. They both swelled up real good and then reabsorbed like you dirty rottens. <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> like, you know, you just for the fences and go for it, and that's all you can do. So sometimes you hit it, sometimes you don't. Yeah. You know, just like Nick, he he lost a lot of clutches this year too. He thought he was going to be yeah. about sixty. He had like sixty-five females ovulate. Uh huh. I think by the time it was all said and down, he was down to like forty something clutches. Wow. Forty something clutches. Holy crap! That's just, <laughs> that's just, that's just jungle. That's, that's, that's just, just jungle. Carpets. That's just carpets. Oh, God. That's not counting the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he, this time of year, yeah, he's, uh, 
I get stuff over here that I have to have get feeding for him because he doesn't have time to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, how the hell? Every time I look on Facebook, working on his car, I'm like, how the hell do you have time for this crap? So I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering too. He's, he says he's always so busy, but he's working on his Corvettes now. <laughs> that's that's awesome. awesome. You gotta yeah. have some kind of. You gotta have a hobby to get you away from the business, you know. <laughs> Nick yeah. has to have a hobby to get away from the snake. Yeah. He has to have a hobby to get away from what we all have as a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I got all the hot rods already and stuff, and you know all that stuff. So now, you know, work on cars to get away from the other thing, and now I work, mm-hmm. you know, full time and come home and work in the snake room for four hours each night. Jesus. Yeah. You and me oh. both. Um, have you, uh, so you got the, uh, I'm just curious, the Darwins, you got the babies. Did you try feeding trials yet? or you haven't They haven't even shed yet. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. they're, okay. they're, only, they're only a little over a week old, so they hatched seven, five. Yeah, so a little over. Okay. So they just, you know, they just hatched a couple weeks ago. So they're right now in shed, so they should be. I just checked them today, and there's they're all in shed, so they should be coming out, and I'll start that still. Right. Um, okay. And then um, I had I had I, I was going to prick your brain because I noticed when I was looking at your your Facebook page. I'll, let's throw it out there so people will know what we're talking about. Uh, yeah. It's uh, Mark Goyer. Am I saying your last name right? Goyer. Goyer. Right. Yep. Yep. Goyer. Okay. Mark Goyer Reptiles is the Facebook page. You can go over and check it out and see what we're talking about. But um, you have some outcross granites. Have you uh, actually bred uh, visuals yet to to see? No. If, uh, last, okay. Last year I got six from that female, and I should have got a granite, but I didn't. Okay. Mm. So next time we success with it. You know, those are all animals that are from Nick. You know that I sure. got here. So I'm just doing. They're they're his animals, but I'm just doing. You know, we're just trying to work together. And we got too much stuff. Can't handle right. it all, pretty much. I get the lucky guy that gets to play with it for nothing. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I have his. Uh, she's a wild caught female, uh, long term captive. Um, I think he said it's his favorite IJ. Uh, here. Yeah, I know. I think I know the real pretty one. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's really, really light. Yeah. 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 She's here yeah, on a breeding might. loan uh, to to try to work out a joint project with me and him. But uh, yeah, that's a nice snake. So it seems I, it seems to be working. Um, he's got some outcross granites that are the whole. You know, the the clutches aren't becoming a train wreck like they yeah. were oh, a few Before. years ago. Right. Yeah. They'll have their eyeballs, yeah. is what you're telling me, which is good. <laughs> yeah, they're the whole clutching going sideways and weird shitting happening. And there was mm-hmm. one year I got a cyclops. Oh god, it was a full term baby, and it was a cyclops. Wow. It was a trip. I think I got a picture of it somewhere. I can't remember if it was an IJ or it was something. I was like, dude, that's Jeez. a big. <laughs> that is. Me, that is not expecting that. Stuff. Yep. Yeah, you're gonna see some weird stuff. So. Yeah, I guess so, when you yeah, breed, that seems, seems to be working. It seems to be working. So. 
Okay. And just all that stuff, you know, was all interbred so much, you know, because they only had a couple, you know, like one or two lines, and mm-hmm. and nobody was going to go through the work to do it. Right. Right. You know, that's the thing. People don't want to go through the work to do it. The same thing with like the, you know, proving out the supers. People don't want to go through the work to do it. You know. Oh, you mean the uh, shot? Yeah, the super caramels, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you know, if you breed, if you breed that, like I bred that super caramel male through my UK girl, which is a which is a pure female coastal, and she's not a red coastal. If everybody if he comes out red, he's the super. Right. Yeah. Done. We did one a couple years ago. We did one a couple years ago, 2015. We did a male, another male to her, and was like, "Oh, he's a super for sure." Nope. Jesus. I got I got normals out of the clutch. So. Nick's like, "Oh, that's a disappointment." I mean, because he was well, he was hot. I mean, he's super nice, bright yeah. yellow, just like what you would think a super would be. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, nope. Guess what? It ain't. So, yeah, I once started you, breeding once mine. You, once, you know, once you know they're supers, every you breed super to super, every baby's a super. There's no guess. Yeah. It's oh, guaranteed. No guessing. Yeah. 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 And yep. and you know exactly you know exactly what you got by now. Just mm-hmm. by doing that. Yeah, and that gives you the advantage over you know somebody that you know is just doing it willy nilly. Uh, although it takes work. Yeah. You know, but I'd rather be in that we're, position. We're working on a striped caramel, me and Nick. We've been working on it for about five years, and let me tell you, it is, it's been a some bitch. You either huh. get the stripe and not the color, or you get the color <laughs> oh. and not the stripe. Damn it! That's <laughs> like those just... two color, It's like those two things are fighting one another. But we finally got a couple. I got a couple. I think they're fifteens. And we breed them okay. this year. Okay. One of the females I need to I need to breed a normal to to find out if if she's a super because she might be. So I'm gonna do that. But I got a male that finally got some color and got a good stripe. So just trying to get it there. So could you imagine a super caramel? That's a stripe. Oh hell that yeah! Would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Dream snake. But that's, been, that's a yeah. yeah. It's, it's been it's been. It's been a tough road to get there. I mean, we've been working on it for you know quite a few quite a few years, but it's like the same thing. Nobody wants to do it. They don't want to go through the work to get it. Sure. No, they'd rather just you do the work and then just come get it from you. Yeah, it's gonna be expensive then. <laughs> <laughs> As it should. Exactly. It's like the guy that just it's like the guy that just popped out those T positive vinyl white lists. That guy's sitting in no. a gold mine. He is, and he's been he's been working that for years. I didn't years. even know I didn't even know those existed. So oh, I I remember him posting like, up that mail. Uh, God, it must have been the MP days, like years ago. He posted that thing up, and then he got the hats, and he was trying to get everybody to buy the hats for a ridiculous amount of money. But I, I don't even I don't know a single him. person that took him up on it. So um, now that I'm happened sure to me. I wouldn't are, I wouldn't have sold the one of them. Thank you. I would have nothing. I would have kept nothing. every one of them. Everything. Uh-huh. Now, I don't even know, like, now, I don't even know where the hats went. And, uh, obviously, he's, because I think he produced two clutches this year of those guys. So, there you go. 
Yeah, see, he's rocking he's, and rolling. He's ahead of the he's ahead of the board, and you got to look that way, especially if you do it for a business standpoint, like Nick does. Yeah, you know, he's like, okay, now what? Hey, do I hold all these back and keep that's them? That's always the answer. Yes. So. Yes, and that's what happens. And then some of them end up drifting over to my house, and I get to play with it too. And and uh, and that's what you have to do at a business standpoint. You keep that stuff, especially when it comes to like the brittle stuff, because there's a lot of the cool stuff happening now. Yeah. Those things take three years to mature, and a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, they do. Sometimes you'll get a male to breed at two and a half. You'll get lucky, but not very often. They're going to be three and a half years old for their breed. That's why I tried mine at two and a half. Nope. Nothing. Three years, bam, hit it. Well, so that's just one we... of those things. You know, um, I think the inland, the inlands are kind of close to that too. Sometimes you yeah. get them to go at two and a half. They're a little bit easier to go at two and a half, but the brettles, most of them are all three and a half. All three and a half. Okay. Four years. Yep. And they don't throw twins. But uh, really? I've been one of the lucky guys. Yeah. There's only been about five or six guys that's ever gotten twins out of brittles. Yeah, you got very them. Very rare. I've gotten them <laughs> twice. The last clutch I got a set of twins, and my very first clutch I got a set of twins. Okay. I never even thought about that because, like, twinning is yeah, so... Yeah, Nick, I was asking, I was asking Nick, so, Nick about that, and he's like, yeah, he said there's only, like, Six, five or six people. That's ever, he's gotten a set of twins, and he's known the three other guys that's got a set of twins and me. Huh. That's awesome. Like a lot of your jungles, your coastals will throw twins a lot. Sure. Yeah. But they're I've one of the ones that coastals. don't. Yeah. Yeah, you'll coastals. I've gotten a lot of twin coastals. Yeah. Um, jungles, same thing with jungles. They'll throw a lot of twins. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that's kind of a rare thing. I don't know if anybody's ever gotten twins in um, inlands or not. Uh, I don't think there's been. There's that many been breedings. that many breedings in the U.S. with inlands. I mean, or at least not public. Like people are throwing out that that they got it. I mean, uh, be nice if that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, curious. Did you have any success with your Brisbane's this year? I don't have any Brisbane's. Oh, you don't? That was just a not, that was just a nice email. I was trying to get going for Nick. Oh, I gotcha. Ah. Okay. Yeah, so she came over to my house. She ended up having, like, her tongue was, like, fused together. Okay. And she only had, like, one. Yeah, it was, like, fused together. So when she'd stick her tongue out, she'd just have one side. And That's it took weird. her a while to figure out. So it cool. took her a while to. <laughs> she, was kind, she was kind of special because she was kind of hypo looking. Yeah. Right. And, uh,. So she came over to my house, and I finally got her, finally got her going real good, and had her over here for I think two or three years, and then she just went back to Nick's for this last season. I don't know if he got a clutch out of her or not. I didn't ask. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't have any Brisbane's. Oh okay. Yeah. Right. Well, with your brief interaction I got, I got, with I got, the Brisbane's. Yeah. You think they're I cool? Like yeah, I like them. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I probably will have them. <laughs> Yeah. All right. I different. have to do that. That big, <laughs> that big head, that's, the pattern's all blown off of it. Yeah. Yeah. I like the poor Douglases, yeah. too. I got a pair of poor Douglases. Yeah, they're awesome. Those are, they're different, this, too. They look like jungles. 
to me. <laughs> you know, they're, they're kind of. You know what they remind me of is a. Um, oh, what's that? That boa. Argentines. Kind of how they're oh, okay. the gray and black. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My female, um, I bred her father to my female's mother, <clears throat> which the clutch was a train wreck. She ended up pulling her overduck out and dragging it all oh, across the cave. That. that didn't end well. 1.2 animals. So that female ended up dying, and that was the only surviving egg, and it turned out to be a girl. So I got lucky. But the Jeez. other female I had ended up dying like about six months later. Fucking cancer or something, something just happened. Mm-hmm. Just walked in there one day and she was dead. You know, you guys know, you keep enough snakes, something weird always happens. Yeah, there's always something that kind of crops out of nowhere. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I got a super nice caramel jag right now that's one of my favorites and she's, she's going to be taken any day. I mean, something just, she got yeah, an RI sucks. and I treated it and it kind of went away and now back in her midsection, she's got a big knot. She's all twisted up, so she's got something bad going on. That's a bummer. I was going to try to breed her this year. But if you go on my website or on my Facebook page, you'll see her. She's like a white and tan caramel jag when she was baby. She was like white. I go. I told Nick, I go, I got this one. It's kind of it's sticking out, and it's got a white head. He goes, what do you mean it's got a white head? I go, it's white and tan. It's not. Red and tan, it's white, and uh, you go see my pictures, you'll see it in there. Now she's like this real pretty gold and really cool different pattern on her head. But Nick came over, and I pulled her out of the tub, and he's like, holy shit, you were kidding. You know, that is so cool. see her kind of go, because she was just a caramel jag. She wasn't, you know, nothing special. We were proving out one of Nick's nails. But, uh, you know, sucks to see her go. It's not going to end well. I already know that. Damn. But I was hoping to breed her to something, you know. But, yeah. Well, speaking of breeding the trickier stuff, um, I mean, you said you have your collection of white lips. You said your golds are babies. How old are your blacks? And have you tried they breeding are them four, yet? They're 14. Okay. So they're not quite the size yet. My female's almost there, but my mm-hmm. male's. He's so twitchy, I don't know if he's even going <laughs> to... I mean, you touch him, and he smacks, comes spinning around and flies out Twitchy of the for a white lip. <laughs> oh, he is twitchy. Oh, yeah, nice. you better put your hand near him. You're going to get nailed. <laughs> Female's not too bad. I can handle her, her. I can hook her and then get her out. But... Something about Captain Born and Bred Males. I've never met a nice one. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> uh, my, friend, my friend Tina's got a 2015 from Ryan, and he's super yeah. mellow. Damn it. I'm like, why didn't I get that one? Why didn't I get that one? <laughs> you know, but I don't really care. It is what it is. You know, it's like, right. yeah, I don't care. I'll just hook you and get you out and do whatever. I just, when I get ready to throw a rat in there, I just get ready to catch him because he can come flying out of the tub. You you know? I've caught him in midair a couple times where he's like twisting around it and heading for the floor and just by the tail. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah like he's a psycho. Ugh. So, and you guys got uh, olives? I do. I was just about to ask, how are your olive pythons? I was going to say, because you know how olive python feeding response is. They're always oh, yeah. and they always <laughs> want it immediately. Now, get out of the way. Exactly. 
Um, I had mine come flying out of the tub, and in between the cage and the tub was sitting on the ground, or height box was sitting on the ground, and it's like, I would swear it's only like two inches between the opening <laughs> of, the, of the glass and the tub, and she came flying out of there so fast and had a hold of my side and my arm pinned. Oh. I hold the rat all at the same time. Well, what like, the okay, hell? I got now. Oh, dude, it was so it was lightning fast. I mean, he knew when that door dropped, man, when to go. It, yeah, I think they olives. Olives, I think, are just too smart. Then I'm gonna give more give them credit for. They know the noises you make oh, when you're opening the tub. Yeah. Oh, she knows when I walk in the room. She's sticking her head out of the box. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as so, soon as you walk in the room with a bucket of rats, guess who knows? They, they're there. gone. Yeah. Have Have you yeah, read them? Or yeah, twice. Oh, I got babies hatching. Have... I got babies hatching right now. Awesome. How did you? How was that whole thing? And did you any any kind of thing about you need an extra like? Uh, do, you, do you kind of play into the theory that you need an extra boy to kind of get yours tempted? That's that's the deal. Damn. That's all right. I got proven breeders. I got okay. a couple pairs of Nicks and and um. And he does fine. I don't have to do nothing. But if you need another male, you better watch it because it's on like Donkey Kong. Open <laughs> will kill each other. Yeah, I've heard. I've All heard that. All you need is that other male. Yeah, they do not. Yeah, somebody's gonna die. Mm-hmm. You gotta be ready to break up a fight. I've had to do that with carpets a couple of times, not very often. Mostly carpets you put together and they just beat the shit out of each other, but they don't bite. Right. I've 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 heard I've heard with chondros and all of the they battle. So, so is it the same I've only kind used of the one male. Is it the same temp drop and stuff that you do with the carpets? Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I do everything the same. I do the okay. green trees that way. Um, I also got a gravid, um, Solomon Island tree boa. So there are a lot nice. of hot animals up. I've had them for so I've actually bred and seen them breed, and she's gravid right now. So <laughs> I've actually done it. It hasn't been a wild caught animal. Somebody came in and it dropped babies. So, so that's, that's kind of cool. That's, it's always fun to get those little suckers to eat. But <laughs> <laughs> that's that, why I that got velvet cool, geckos. That's why I got velvet geckos because they don't eat their sheds. Right. Nick was telling and me about that because so, I have um, Dominican red yep. mountain boas, and that's what you need. Uh, he said to get those. Mm. Yeah, I got a whole pile of skin, and so you just take a. I just I do that with my you know with you know the spotteds and the childrens and stuff if they don't want to mm-hmm. eat on their own, and I keep them I keep the babies those babies warmer. Okay. You know I'll get them I'll heat them up like ninety degrees in there, and it seems to trigger them to eat. Really? On their own. Yeah. I, like last, especially last year, because I had, I had, um, I, I had bumped the heat up and Nick did the same thing. And I called him, I said, are you all your spotted eating without even any trouble? And he's like, yeah. I said, did you bump your heat up? And he's like, yeah. I said, that's what I did. So I took them up to 90 degrees. They're basking, you know, because I just run a heat cable in the tub. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to, you know, it's keeping them a little warmer, and so it seems to trigger them to eat. And they go through huh. that stuff so fast anyway. 
but sometimes with the ones that won't eat, I'll just take a take a pinky and watch it with some hunter soap, hunter body soap, get mm-hmm. the skin off of it, get it a little wet, and roll it up in that um, in that skin, and that, a lot of times that'll do it. So a lot of times that'll that's cool. You know, they won't eat that. And now um, the guy that's doing the those sausage link deals for like yeah. the carpets and stuff. He's also yeah. got some real tiny ones now. And Nick said those work pretty good too because they're like frog scent. Yep. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the whole frog. And he actually sells frog scent. And then he also yeah, now has the frog sausages. Yeah. yeah, we were coming back from, from Sacramento last year. He, he called Nick on the phone. He goes, yeah, I just designed some frog scent. And Nick's like, cool, send me a couple of bottles. <laughs> well, I, got one over here. I got one over here that I got from him, so some of these little suckers don't want to eat, and I'll do that. But yeah, That's sometimes great. it gets tricky with trying to get stuff. Yeah. Um, so I run, you know, regular mice, rats, and then I got soft, you know, African softers too. And sometimes just having something different. A lot of times we'll, you know, switch them to go. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I usually my thing is I live out in Lancaster, PA, so I can get chicken. Like male yeah. chickens for like a quarter, so it's like I usually try fowl yeah. and stuff. Oh um, my guys! Yeah, quail works a lot. I have mm-hmm. one female pop one I got. She's you know wild caught, all beat up, of course, you know because that's the only thing you can get. Right. But she wouldn't eat for me, and I called Ryan, and he's like, "You got any quail?" And it's like, "Yeah." He goes, "Give her one of those." So I gave her one of those, and she ate it. And then nice. This this. That was like about a month ago, and then I couldn't get her to eat. And then just this last week, I just chucked a rat in her hide. Live rat, chucked it in there. She pinned it up against the wall while it disappeared. So, making me not thinking, so that means she ate it. I was like, sweet. Rock and race now. <laughs> Somebody did something. Once you, yeah, once you get them to go, they normally, you know, they're, they're an all python eating anything. So, yeah. Just get them to have, you know, get all. Reorientated to you know being in captivity and stuff, so we'll see what happens. Sure, it's probably going to be hard to breed. So, hopefully not. I mean, we kind of need some more of that stuff, in my opinion. The the I got the a cup, friend of mine that's got a, that's got some captive bred stuff, but he's too scared to put them together. We got three males, <laughs> three females. I go, that's why you got three males, Norm. Just throw them in there. Grab the whole one, just. Grab a horror, break it up. <laughs> just go, just separate. Oh, figure it out. Go over there and take them. <laughs> wow. go over there and do it. You... go over there and steal them. <laughs> so, his own good, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, you got this. I thought you got these two females and two males that are captive hatched, never even been in the wild. So they don't know what's going on. They have no idea, so they're just going to do what they're supposed to do. Right. You know, That'd be great. So there is a few guys in the States doing it. It's just that it doesn't happen very often. You know? Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that stuff gets sold. Casper it gets sold. Yeah, you know who told them how to do it? Who? <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. <laughs> no, all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that guy's like the nice Python Whisper. <laughs> he's like number four on the on the most three or 
number four on the most pythons bred? Yeah, I want to say. I mean, him and Nick are in competition. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. what Nick said when he was out here for oh, Carpet Fest. He's like, I gotta grab some bloods because I don't think Ryan's got those yet. I'm like, oh, all right. So he said he's gonna grab those and quick breed them. So. Oh, dude, it was funny. We went to Sacramento. He bought some retics and he just <laughs> <laughs> went crazy. And Ryan goes, "You better slow down, dude. You're gonna have too much stuff, and stuff's gonna end up dying on you." Did you just <laughs> go overboard too fast? Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah. Hopefully, um, I seen somebody bred some uh, Hama Harris too. Finally, they did. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I was on Facebook a while back. Damn it! That's a good I can't remember who it was. We gotta like find out who that guy was. I don't they know hatched. if it was a European guy or if it was here. Not the guy that bred it to the jag, was it? ovulating and got eggs. I don't know if they hatched. Yeah, there was some guy who bred it to the jag. No, this was two two Hamel Harris. Okay, thank God. (laughs) Scruddies. He showed them locked up, and then he showed he had AIDS. Huh. Huh. I may have to go find that. Yeah, Nick said he saw it, too. I'll have to annoy somebody. Well... If you're yeah. listening to and this and with Brett Helm Harris, let us know. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, I know there's there's been a few guys that get them to copulate. It's just hard to get them to ovulate and get eggs. They're so secretive anyways. Anybody yeah, they're... Look at it, it's going to be Ryan. He's got a pair of them, right? I think. Yeah. He's got a trio over there. Yeah. He's got one that was Nick's that was here that I was trying to get feed and I couldn't get her feed and I, I called Nick. I said, "Dude, we need to do something because she's starting to wither her away. She's starting to look pretty rough and I can't get her to eat." So I mm. called and I go, "Ryan wants her. You need to work out a deal to get her to Ryan." So Ryan called. I can't remember who Nick got it from. He called him. He goes, well, "What are you keeping it in?" He goes, "Well, I was keeping her in a CV70." So Ryan put her in the same thing. Uh fed a mouse down her and a couple weeks later he just laid a dead mouse in there and she ate it so back that's a plus so hopefully yeah Yeah. so my my logic is if you can't get something going try to find a guy who can you know yeah hell yeah so cool um I'm curious to uh a, a topic that gets brought up a lot, and we sort of hit on it at the beginning of the show, but maternal incubation. And yeah. you you uh, have a couple of pictures over on your Facebook page of, uh, of clutches that you maternally incubated. The one that seems to me to stand out the most is the chondro. Um, that was an I'm curious. And I, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've seen her breed several times and Nick was over for the Puyallup show in October. Right. And we pulled her out. I go, dude, she swelled up, but now everything's gone. And he had a hold of her and he's feeling down. Nope. She ain't gravid. I was like, so I figured she wasn't gravid. Hide boxes in there. It's got stuff in it. I just left it in there. All of a sudden I was like, cause I go in there and, you know, every night I get home from work and just kind of look around, check for somebody being dead or something, you know, and I was like, you've been in your hide box for three days. Right. <laughs> Where are you? Yeah. So 
I reach up there and grab the lip, and I slide it out, and I pull it open, and she's all beehived up. And so I start moving her around. Yep, she's got eggs. Slide the box back. Called Nick on the phone. I go, dude, she's on eggs. He goes, really? I'm like, yeah. I go, he goes, when did she lay him? I go, I don't know. I haven't seen her for like four days. Well, is she doing what she's supposed to be doing? I said, yeah, she's sitting there on them. Perfect. Kind of shivering a little bit. He goes, well, just Mr. Cage a little bit more often. Keep the humidity up. So that's what I did. 45 days later, babies were popping out. Huh. I had a couple that's that came awesome. out came out of the egg and then died. You know, that sometimes happens. For some reason, I don't know why. Yeah. Sure. Maybe just a weak baby or something. You know, chondros are pretty known for that. And But I think he had nine eggs, and I got seven of them. I got seven. A couple of them just would never eat. Just I, had, yeah. I think I had two die. Sure. I had a couple die, which you know it happens. I mean that's why they have so yeah. many babies. Right. But you know, especially with chondros. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've bred them twice. I bred her once. I tried breeding her last year, but she just didn't go. And then I bred my Wamina, Wamina female that Nick's got. She's He's a 2004, and he bred her at 394 grams. Wow. And had 10 eggs. I bred her at 460 grams in eggs, all fertile, no slugs. That tells you right there, chondros don't have to be big. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty. That's they're pretty not, awesome. They're not big in the wild. They're not big in the wild. No, that's, that's what. That's what. That's what uh, Natusha has told us a few times is that they're really, really tiny. If you you know consider no. that, and so. Well, you've yeah. seen them. You've seen them in the wild. Yeah, yeah. So you. They're not big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are not big snakes. I'd say that snake. That snake we caught. That snake we found in the wild was probably three, four hundred grams. Okay. Wow. I mean, he was full of those. You know how they get those bumps from eating frogs? That's yeah. yeah. They're eating frogs. He was just loaded. That snake was just loaded with him, but doing just fine. Neon, right. fluorescent green. Like It was like Mitch was telling us. I go, what do they look like? He goes, they are fluorescent green, like Nick shoot. <laughs> and, and he goes, they're going to be like 50 yards back off the road. So you go, but I wasn't looking far enough. And sure enough, he he spotted one, and the thing is on a skinny little stick. There's, like, all these big sticks, and he's on the smallest stick there, down in ambush position, just raised uh-huh. down the stick, just, and there was frogs out everywhere that night. They were everywhere. But that's what they're eating. They're eating frogs, and then uh, occasionally they're going to get a mammal of some sort. Uh-huh. But that's what they're eating is frogs, most frogs. Maybe occasional bird that they might sneak up on at nighttime. So, yeah, but they're not big. I wonder if that frog scent stuff will help with those guys, getting them going, you know? I haven't really had much trouble with getting getting those guys going. No? I just slap them around a little bit. I get the pinky, like, super hot. Uh Uh-huh. Going there Mm -hmm. when it's dark, when it's dark, and then just use my red light and just kind of pop them with it. A lot of times they get right on it. I'm like pretty good. 
I haven't tried the frog scent. That's that's going to be kind of kind of new. I've used a lot of quail scent. Like you go to, you know, Cabela's or Pras, Bass Pro Shop, buy that buy that quail scent that they use for the dogs for scenting uh-huh. to train the dogs. I've sure. used that a lot of a lot of that on rodents. I'll clean the road and then spray some of that on there, and a lot of times that's enough to get it going. You know, get it figured out. Um, okay. Yeah, I've had one female Darwin that striped when I went to try to breed this year. I force-fed her for a year. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, and did it finally turn around, or did she oh, finally yeah, turn around? Oh, yeah, she hammers her ass now. She's with the program. It took that long for her to figure it out. Like, okay, I get it now. Yeah, now it's look out. You walk in the room with a bucket of rats. Yeah, you open that tub. You better be ready because she's coming. Jesus. <laughs> the uh, the one thing that I did hear about Darwin's and getting them going, uh, like baby Darwin's, um, is the same thing that you were saying about the uh, Antaresia, keeping them uh, warmer, uh, 90 degree hot spot. And um, the guy down in Australia was telling me that, that we keep them too cold. Well, we t- keep them too cool up here. Um, they should have a higher hot spot. Well, I'll so. tell you, those guys don't even those guys don't even run heat or nothing. They just go by what's outside. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's what we went to one of the front of um, Mitch Mitch Daly's and dude, he's got his, he's got eggs and eggs boxes sitting in the living room. Wow. <laughs> right yeah, in the incubator. Yeah. That is the incubator. They're sitting right. on the Mickey light in the egg box, sitting right there on the floor. Wow. Yep, that's just fine. <laughs> Condro eggs, same way. Sitting in wet and make light. The condro eggs are sitting right there. Sitting right down in it. So yeah, no hash. No problem. Huh. Their 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 uh condros aren't big. Those guys don't have their um Mitch's buddies his his condros weren't big. They were six, seven hundred grams. Jeez. Perfect wow. total of light little lights. I'm sure there's probably some guys over there that got them bigger, but you know, a lot of people like, here. All the people with the yeah, yeah. So I want to pick your brain a little bit more about the uh, maternal incubation. About as far as so you know, I put a picture up too. You did them with uh, bread lie, but do you change from species to species? How you do it? Do you have certain things that you have to have? It's the same. Uh, the same. Okay. Um, my UK, my UK girl. Every clutch she's had. Four clutches, every one she's done. Same with my female brettles. That price okay. my female brettles. He's done every clutch too. They're good mothers, so I let them do it. Sure. Nice. Um, I have noticed um, with the brettle and my UK girl, I've caught them or I walked in the room after work and they're laying on their on their basking spot. Uh huh. So they'll come down off the eggs and go heat up. And as soon as I walk in the room, there are back up in their hide. And they know exactly who's something just came in and I'm getting back on my eggs. Hmm. So that was kinda of inter- that was really cool to you know, to to kind of see that. So, but they're not they I haven't seen them where they sat on them for a long time where they just like they're on them like, you know, maybe ten minutes or something, they're away from the eggs just warming up. Uh huh. A little bit. 
you know, because maybe their their temperatures have dropped a little bit, you know, so they trying to keep them from having to shiver so much and that kind of thing. I think that might be something to do, you know, do with it. They just come out and bask for a few minutes and then go back, go get back on the eggs. So you basically are just providing them with the same heat and uh, everything that you've always give them, given them throughout the throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, um, basically, by the time that the egg, by the time that they're laying eggs, I'm pretty much you know warming back up. Gotcha. So so the room's pretty much you know everything heat staying on, you know the basket spot staying on, you know, and then the heat. You know, pretty much back. Well, it is for sure for the brettles because they're spring breeders, so they're breeding when uh-huh. they, everything's back up. So, right. You no, know, because I bring okay. them. I bring them back into the room while I'm warming up. Gotcha. The day I start warming up, they come back in, and you know, my temperature goes. My temperature's back up within like, you know, two three weeks. It's everything's back to normal. But you can warm up quicker. And you can drop. Sure. Sure. That's true. And you were saying something about you missed the cage to keep the humidity up because I think that's the one thing that people are all nervous thing, about. The only, the only thing I did that with was the chondros. I don't do that with the... With anything with else? The, nope. Okay. Hmm. I don't I don't miss my chondros that much. I neglect them. They do better. <laughs> my time I miss mine is when... I'll, like if I got change your water bowl or something, I'll... You know, because I'll run, um, you know, I run that coconut and uh, cypress. I'll mix that together, and I'll use that for their mm-hmm. bedding so I can kind of keep the humidity up. Like when I'm doing their weekly changes and I want to give them a new, you know, more water, you know, and their water's getting lower and get kind of funky, I just dump their water water out into the cypress. The only time okay. I really miss them is when they're, when they're in shed. So when, they, okay. when their eyes clear up. From being in shed, I'd miss the shit out of the cage and get it up, you know, just to help because their skin's so thin, you know. Sure. Right. Sure. Just get them and get them up. Just get the okay. humidity up a little bit more for them. Other than that, that's it. So, if somebody wanted to wanted to try maternal incubation, what would be the advice that you would give them? What would be the one thing that they should uh, should do? Just nothing. make sure the female, <laughs> yeah, no, really nothing. You know, give them what they need. You want to give them what they need, so they need a good high. I'd, I'd want to give them a good. You should always give a, a snake a high bar. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of these guys post stuff on Facebook where they they don't give them a high box to lay their eggs in. They need to give them something to get into. Yeah, you do. You know, they they need because that's what they're going to do in the wild. It's like we were we were talking about this with Mitch, and he goes, "I you know about the green trees." You know, I was like, "Where do you think the green trees lay their eggs? Do you think it's a hole in the tree?" And he's like, "No, they're laying them on the ground." Yeah. He goes, "They're in these." He goes, "They're like they got you know bamboo up there, and the bam and the leaves fall down in the bottom of that bamboo and make a big pile." He goes, "Every uh-huh. time I found a, re- a a baby, it's been in that at the bottom of the little bamboo shoots." around all those leaves, and he goes, I guarantee that's where the female playing those eggs is inside that bamboo up off the ground. You know, it's like a foot or two off the ground, and they're inside those uh-huh. leaves. I know she's all balled up inside there, all safe. And Ryan that said makes the sense. same thing. Ryan said the same thing. He goes, they're laying their eggs on the ground, underneath a log, or 
inside of a bush somewhere. He said it's not up in a tree. Yeah. And it makes sense. Yeah. Done. Sure. Yeah, it does make sense. So my advice to people that want to materially incubate is make sure they got a high box, you know, with some, you know, some moss in there. You know, you can, you know, use a little bit of dry cypress. I'll normally put some of that in the bottom and then I'll, you know, put that nice moss in there. And you want it kind of dry. Because when that female lays those eggs, they're going to be wet. And if she wraps around them the way she's supposed to wrap around them, it holds the humidity. Right. I've actually picked the whole snake up while she's dead brettles. I picked her up out of the box. (laughs) Out of the box and looked underneath her, and there is a bunch of moisture sitting on that plastic tub. Really? Yeah, I had the. uh, the She got it all coiled up and she's holding it. Yeah, like almost like scoops them up, right? Like the eggs aren't hitting the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Nope. You want you want that carpet to be in a perfect beehive with her head laying flat on top and then with her and if she's shivering and she's doing yeah. what she's supposed to be doing, let her just let her go. He knows best. Yeah. And I've had like my striped female. She laid a perfect clutch of eggs. They're all sitting there, in a nice pile, all glued together, and she's over in the corner of the hide box, curled up over in the corner. Like, well, I guess you're not going to do it. Well, give me the easy. <laughs> yeah, okay, well. You had your shot. There's just yeah. some females that don't wrap around them right, or they wrap the, the clutch isn't laid, you know, laid uh, right. Jags, I've heard are notorious for not wrapping their babies correctly. No, yeah, they're and bad. If they're not wrapped around, <laughs> if, if, if you know, you got to have the right female doing the right job to, to right. be successful on it. Yeah. And at at some point, at some point, you want to have an incubator ready. That's mm-hmm. what Nick told me. Because you want to have an incubator ready ready to go and have have everything dialed in and ready to go in case in case you know something goes wrong because you know all of a sudden she might just abandon them for some reason mm-hmm. I don't know yeah it happened to so, me you know, I, check on, I check on them frequently because I can just reach and push that tub forward I make it so I, I can slide it forward and pop it out of that piece of C channel yeah uh-huh. and a lot of times I'll just slide it forward and pop it down just enough to where I can look in there and pop it right and, back up. Um, yeah, yeah, pop it right back up, and I can see. Okay, she's doing what she's supposed to be doing, you know. And, and I'll check them. You know, I'll go on there and check them. You know, once a week or something, or a couple times a week, just. And, and Ryan said, "What he's going to do with his Halmaheras, he's going to give him a black tub, but he's going to. He's going to um, make a little viewing window at the one end of it. Yeah. So he can see what's going on, so he can see if they're breeding, because they're going to go upside that. They're gonna go up and that tub in there. and breathe that tub. Yeah. Because I'll just cover it with a piece of a piece of paper. And that's another thing you can do. Just you know have a little, you know a little window so you can look in there and see what's going on. You shine a flashlight in there or whatever. And just cover it back up. You know, so you can just yeah, and just you know, just put a piece of tape over it or whatever you got to do. You know, to kind of keep the light out a little bit. But if you get a car, you give a carpet, they'll throw boreal hides. They'll lay their eggs in them. <laughs> Every question yeah. I've gotten, they've been in a box. I give That's... them a box. Okay. I've had me and Nick both. Me and Nick both did this. He goes, "I want to do a thing where we'll give them a box." You know, sitting on the floor of the cage. Uh huh. And he goes, "I want you to do this too. Push it over in the far corner, 
and see what happens. Come back the next morning, she's got it pushed over into the middle of the cage. Right, where she wants it. My female yep, so I did push that. It back over the co- I pushed it back yep. over in the friggin' other corner, she pushed it back in the same spot. I pushed yeah, it over yep. in the other corner, she pushes it back in the same spot. Okay, that's where it's staying. And yep. she's got to be frustrated as shit with you. <laughs> Every time. Stop freaking moving and it. it. Yeah, it's like, I, yeah. Think, I think Nick wrote, uh, Nick wrote an article about it. He's doing a study yeah. about it. And uh, it's like, yeah. And I, I uh, actually, those inlands were hatching the other day, and I caught one of the babies drinking the, drinking the, um, toad of the, the clear color of the egg. And they're just slurping it right up. <laughs> Never saw that before. That well, that is cool. cool. Yeah, that is awesome. You know, I never. Well, I guess they do that too. You know, <laughs> Get a little bit more hydrated. Yeah, and you see weird stuff all the time. So it, every year is a freaking learning experience when it comes to this kind of stuff. You always see shit you never thought would ever cross your mind, and so yeah. But it's awesome. But if somebody who wants a maternally incubate, give them a box. You know, sort. Even if it's just a cardboard box, let's give them something to go into. Because I've seen guys okay. post, and then they're the guys post, and they you sit on a nice pile of eggs, nice and perfect. Well, she can't contain none of that heat or nothing. Yeah, give her like something. That. Yeah. And I heard a guy say, "Well, I'll just put a piece of newspaper over her. That piece of newspaper uh, ain't gonna help hold any heat in there, you know? Yeah. Gonna keep her hidden. Right." The only reason why she ate her, laid her eggs in that place in the first place because she had to lay her eggs and there was no, no suitable place, you know, hidden place to give them. So you want to give them a hidden place, you know, even if it's just one on the ground with a lid on it, you know, right. just give them that opportunity. And that helps, you know. And your hide box, you want that to be kind of, kind of close where they got like, you know, maybe you know, a half an inch on each side of the box when they're in there all curled up perfect. Yeah. Around those eggs. Gotcha. You know, an inch or so. Secure enough that they can get around everything, you know, but not huge. Yeah, I mean, those so. boxes, like, I'm using all those busboy tubs. You all see mm-hmm. them at the restaurant that the guys throw the glasses in, so. And I got two different ones. I got a deeper one and then the one that's a little shallower. But you can, if you go to, a, like, a, a restaurant, um, yeah, Restaurant Depot or something like that. Yeah, Restaurant. We got Cash and Carry. Which I don't know if you guys have those over there. Uh, we have restaurant stores for that kind of stuff because I get all my yeah, they have so those miniature souffle dishes for that I use for water bowls and stuff like that. So, all right, so you use the plastic deli cups too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As soon as Nick showed me that, I'm like, oh, dude, I'm switching right now. You <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wash the water bowls no more. Yeah. That. Well, I run PVC. I run four-inch PVC end caps, and then I right. put an eight-inch deli cup in them. And every once in a while, you know, they'll start getting a little funky, so I'll just throw them in a bucket of bleach and water, let them soak a couple hours, and rinse them off, and I'm off, you know, back to it. But I'm right. not. I'm not washing a water bowl every week. Right. If if the water bowl gets funky, I dump the water out of it. I throw it in the recycle bin, and I go grab a clean one. That's yeah. right. I do the same thing. With, <laughs> I do the same thing with my babies. All my babies have a piece of ABS plastic that fits on the in the tub on the right. There's like a little lip. Yeah. It sits on there, and one side's got a. I run a. I run three different sizes. So I run a three ounce, a two ounce, 
and then a half ounce mm-hmm. cup. And they just, I just, you know, got that piece drilled with a hole saw, and I just set that deli cup right in it. Awesome. There you go. So, yeah, so and it acts as a perch at the same time. Which is always a plus because, you know, now yep. you don't have to worry about that more. crap too. And so. then I run a piece of black ABS piece of pipe, rip it down the middle, and cut it into hide boxes for the babies. Oh, nice. I like that. Yeah. That's another trick Nick showed me. He goes, yeah, we had to yeah. do this cheap, man. <laughs> it's cheap. <laughs> you got a couple hundred. You got a couple got a couple hundred of these things you can buy a couple sticks of 10 foot 10 foot ABS rip it down the middle with the with the right. table saw and then go over on your little chop saw and cut them into little 6 inch little six inch deals and you got a hundred of them just like that nothing flat yeah you know awesome oh yeah so Mark we have these uh, the final questions we got for you this evening are the closing questions, um, and they're a little okay. bit more of interesting ones. So what we'll have do to do best. is, yep, um, what is your next carpet python purchase going to be? Oh, I want to get some gelatins. Yeah? So that's, they're cool. That's, that's probably going to be the next thing. That's on the list. Some, yeah. <clears throat> so it's probably going to be gelatins. Now is that increased uh, since you saw one in the wild, or is that was that always one that was kind of? No, I I was there when Nick got them, so <laughs> um, I seen them right out all right off the airplane. So he comes over to Seattle to pick that stuff up. <clears throat> nice. And yeah, seeing those kind of green looking flames on the sides, and yeah, they're yeah. really pretty. They're cool. Yeah. So um, those, and I want to get some roughies. Yes. <laughs> yes. Spare so, so Ruffies, much fun. Uh, so Nick needs his car painted, and <laughs> so that's probably going to end up well, end Joe, up in yeah, my hands here. You should go. Uh, uh, you wander over to Nick's place. He's, he's got a clutch due at some point soon, I hear. And she's maternally incubating him. I know. And he got a probe in there too. I yeah. Nice. I do, and this is um. The male that has been breeding for him is one that I sent to him, so it's like yeah, you, my heart. Yeah, um, I really gotta, I really gotta call him because I'm, I'm gonna want some from him. So well, that clutch from last year was from your male too. Yeah, yeah, he's right? doing great over there. Yeah, yeah and then so it was just his male didn't want to breed, and he finally got pissed off. And he jerk, like, you asshole. <laughs> Get <out of> here. <laughs> Yeah, he, sold, was, uh, he sold him to a friend. Of, he sold him to a friend of ours, and yeah. he told him he doesn't doesn't breed my female. So, and last bought a, I bought a female from him last year to go with that male. So maybe he'll like that one better. I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe he'll be a couple years older by the time that girl's ready to grow up, and who knows? So, yeah, <sighs> you know, because I've heard that with like white lips too. They're kind of yeah, breed selective. They are. It sucks, especially when you're like. Because I was trying to do blackface white lips, and I had uh, 2.2, and I kept mixing them up, trying to figure out who would go best with who. And then one pair, they were fine for a week, and then it was like, get out of my cage, and they just ripped into each other, and I had to, like, pull them apart and had to get some stitching them back together and stuff like that. So, oh.
dude. They're tough. You don't have to stitch them up. Fuck it. <laughs> I've seen that stuff in the wild, dude. But the next uh, question for you, Mark, would be uh, if you could work with any python species on the planet without limitations of legality or price, what would it be and why? Oh, man. There's so much cool stuff. Yeah. I don't know if I could answer that question. You know what I would really be cool to have is the other olive python, the pillowbarrel olives, which we found on the first trip into Australia. Really? Yeah, there's cool. two. Um, everybody's got the Queensland ones. Mm-hmm. These guys are browner, and they're bigger. Oh, all right, and then. you don't find them cross. You don't find them cross on the road. They're a little harder to find. They're more remote. They get around, you know, big water. Like we found this one at Python Pool. Yeah. Go nice. figure. Wow. Yeah. Well, I kind of. I guess that's where they named it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you can actually go on pictures of Python Pool, and there's actually there's there's some pictures of a big olive python grabbed a hold of a rock wallaby and, and hanging oh, off the that side of thing. that cliff. That's yeah, one of them. That's that, there. Oh, shit! All right, <laughs> all right. So we figured the one. We figured the one that that um, Simon, Adam's brother, because we all were out running through the bushes. He goes, "I'm going straight to the pond, man." Mm-hmm. And sure enough, there was a nice six footer just stretched out, going across the gravel rock face at the front, just creeping along. Got lucky. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, right. I think one of those would be pretty cool. Several of those you know. would be pretty cool. Get get a few. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Now, if you could travel anywhere in the world without limitations, where would you want to go, and what would you be hoping to find if you were going to go herping? Well, that kind of question's already been kind of answered and done, because I always, <laughs> always wanted to go to Australia, and I've gone twice. Never <laughs> think I was going to go once. Um if I wanted to go to another place, yeah, I would have to say Indonesia, and it'd be cool to find bowling pythons in the wild. Yeah, and see what they're really supposed to look like. Yeah, we have to. Um, I think we have to annoy Ari again because I think he just went someplace and was trying. I think he found the uh, those eyelash boas or something like that, according to his pictures. So. Uh, that was another cool thing that he finds. So he's like, there's just so much, there's just yeah. so much cool stuff, you know, all over. I mean, you got cool stuff in Costa Rica, you know, mm-hmm. Indonesia, Thailand, Australia. Yeah. It's hard. It is. And if you're a guy like me, you like a lot of different stuff. Another thing on my bucket list is the, the, um, those tree boas were the ones. Doug Taylor's got some. Tanzania? The, um, the green and yellow phase or the mango phase. Madagascar tree boas. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Tanzania. Yeah. Yeah. Tanzania, yeah. Yeah, I want, some of, I want some of those, too. They're gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, they're really pretty. And they're carpet size. Yeah, that's dangerous. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't have to alter anything. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw some of those. Um, Sam, that was the editor for Herp Nation, 
down he lives down in Sacramento and we went over to his house and I saw those and I was like Nick's like, Oh shit, Mark got the bug. These <laughs> are cool and then Nick and then Nick goes They're about the same size as a carpet python as an adult. Uh-huh. They're about the same size as a jungle carpet. So they're like a medium carpet size? I was like, Yeah, two thousand grams? Yeah, perfect. So Uh oh. I'll have some of those. Yeah. I'll have some of those someday. They're not too bad in price, though. You can pair of babies for about fifteen hundred bucks. They're starting to get there because, like, they were pretty much not heard of or something for a while, and people starting to get litters, which is awesome. So yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of people continues. are starting to figure them out. Yeah, I don't think they're as hard to breed as a lot of people think. Nah, it never is after um, everybody figures it out. And especially with more, especially with more captive. You know, bread and hatch stuff. It's gonna get easier. Mm-hmm. You know, just because they never got no same, you know, habit as habitat as like in the wild. So the conditions, you know, they're not glued into that condition that you know those those things that they need to cycle. Right. Right. So a lot of a lot of those places, I think it's like, you know, Australia and. You know, like New Guinea and places like that, they're fairly dry. So when their wet season comes, that's when it starts triggering, you know, the end of the wet season. I think that triggers, you know, triggers that stuff to start breeding and, and uh, you know, laying their eggs or their live young or whatever. I think that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's what, that's what does it for them there. And then, bio, you know, biologically, they already have those things in them, but... As with captive stuff that's been in captive its whole life, it doesn't know any different but what you have already provided for it. So I think it makes it a lot easier. Definitely. That's I, like I what Nick was telling me because I got a pair of Wamina scrubs and or yeah, and mine are captive, captive bred and hatched. He goes, mine will be easier than his, right? Because you know his and Ryan's are. You know, wild caught stuff, or you know, stuff that was in Indonesia or wherever it comes from over there. But yeah, farm born or some of that. Gonna yeah. Little, it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be a little harder. Right, right, right. and that makes sense. That's like with so, those tree boas. You know, those those Solomon Island tree boas. Nick goes, you can't sell any of them. Yeah, <laughs> they just gotta stay in the family. They have a nine-month gestation period. What? Yeah, yeah, that's the one that Rob deals with, Rob. Rob yeah, what the hell, though? That is – well, I mean, I, I, I've hatched monitors, and that's like a the egg incubation for monitors. My carpet eggs are, like, laid, incubated, hatched. And have gone through three months of feeding before those monitor eggs even leave the incubator. All those, so. all those are long too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm at 70 days and they're hatching today. Jesus. All right. Well, there you go. Before. I think last year, I think last year they were 75, 80. But they're monstrous. They're huge. I think the white throat monitor eggs were 180 days. Something uh, like that. They were. They they took a while. So. The mangrove yeah, big eggs are a little bit easier. Uh, yeah, my friend has uh, a trio of white throats, and he keeps getting eggs and telling me to incubate them for him, so I do. And uh, 
uh, the bad thing is to play with it. That is, that is awesome. And then it leaves, right? And so it's like I don't have to pay the enormous food bill that he has to. Oh, so did I know, love monitors, but they are so great. much work. Yeah, I, I'm I'm babysitting a bunch of Niles and uh, mangroves right now. So we were catching some of that small, some of those small tree monitors and little rock monitors in Australia, and I was like, dude, I could get into these. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it gets dangerous. They're, they're like. 12 inches, you know, 12 inches long, including the tail. And all mm-hmm. they'll ever eat is a cricket. Yeah. But I hate bugs. <laughs> <laughs> that is the sucky part. But, um, all right, Mark, well, if somebody wanted to get in contact with you, uh, inquire about an animal or kind of pick your brain over some stuff, how would they do that if you want to throw out your contact information, website, uh, I don't have a website, but I got the Facebook okay. page, so they can always message me on that, you know, or Messenger. Um, they're free to call. Um, I can throw out my number. It's uh, 253-686-0441. They can always call with any questions. I'm pretty good about that stuff. Um, cool. A lot of these, a lot of guys these days don't even want to talk to you on the phone. well i will also throw out that make sure that everybody has realized that mark is on the west coast of the united states yeah at six in the morning and yeah yeah Yeah. that was me (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you know they get they're free to call or text um you know messenger you know so Cool. Of course, the Facebook thing. Sometimes I have a hard time. All of a sudden, I find out I got a message like three days ago, and I couldn't find where it was. No, oh, you know yeah. That, Facebook, that. You know how Facebook does that crap, so. Yeah, it does. Oh, stuff. yeah. I try to get back to people pretty quick, so, you know. So, but awesome. um, I kind of changed things around on my Facebook page to where I made um, albums of each species that I'm selling and stuff like that, so. That's cool. So they can just go to they can just go to photos and then the albums and then sometimes it doesn't show all the albums. You just go up to the see all and then it drops them all down. A lot of times when you push on that, so so that's gotcha. pretty much what I'm doing from my available list. So cool. very cool. Got a lot of stuff. So yeah. Awesome. So if you have olives, get ready to get some some quail because you're gonna need them. That's what you need to get those babies to eat. Well, so. get some eggs first. We're going to try. I, this will be my first real season trying coming up because uh, I didn't have, I only had a pair and now I have a reverse trio. So we'll be giving a real shot. You got, two point, you got 2.1? Yeah. All right. So. Well, uh, give me a ring when you get, get off here and I'll tell you a little secret. <laughs> all right. I'll let you know. I'll I'll drop you a line, all right? Yeah, whenever you got time. So cool, cool. Well, Mark, thanks for coming on and chatting up with us, and we're definitely gonna have to have you come back on and chat with us some more when you get some stuff cooking. Yeah, it's a good time. I'm gonna have to get over there and see you guys one of these days. I've been wanting to go to going to um, Tinley and that. I'd like to see that. Uh, Tinley, Carpet Carpet Fest, Fest, yeah. Either one, man. 
I think Nick, his wife, got married that weekend. She wasn't able to go. We were oh, we were talking about going, but I was kind of out of work for a couple months, so that kind of blew it for me. But right, I got you. one of these days we'll get over there. So and we'll keep having are you guys. Them, so are don't you guys worry. get out here on the way? Yeah, we got to get out for the west west coast one because they keep yelling at us, and we do want to see how they <laughs> try to kill Nick every year. So yeah. you know, oh yeah, we always. He's a big key, though. He loves that shit. So. <laughs> Something's always funny going on. Nice. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. awesome. Dress him up in drag. I actually ate part of the rat on the last one, on that first one. So that wasn't too bad. Because Nick, uh, Nick used to be a chef for like 10 years. So he yeah. thought they that some bitch right up and cooked it up in the frying pan and ate that sucker. It was actually pretty good. Well, the problem is, <laughs> is that now that. Now Doug wants us to do stuff like that over here to me, so I'm not sure yeah. if this is a good thing or not. So I might be eating a rat next year, or you know. You gotta watch Doug. You gotta watch Doug. He's a little instigator, man. Yeah, he is. You know, he has been for years. We just kept him at bay, and then we brought him on the show, and now it's all out mm-hmm. in the open. We're doing. It's on, man. Yeah. <laughs> between all the different carpet fests now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we have yeah. to outdo each other. Yep. Yeah, definitely. That's right. All right, guys. Well, thanks for having me on. I had a good time. Awesome. Absolutely. It's always good doing naked nerd stuff. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, and we made five years out of it. So yeah. yeah. Because you guys have been doing the show for five years. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We're going into our sixth year, right? Oh, oh Christ! Yeah. yeah, it'll be six years in October. Yeah. Uh, so how do we get a, how do we get a picture a picture on the calendar? Can it be anything, or is it got to be only carpets? It can be anything if you enter it in under the uh, uh, et cetera page. But my thing is, or my best suggestion would be find out what nobody else is like submitting in, and then just hit that one category hard. Because oh, was it the one year we didn't have anybody submit anything Bolins, and then mm-hmm. like it, it was twenty four hours. Probably before. got the picture. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that, I think it was like uh, Chad and Ari just dumped these pictures into the Bolins thing like the night before we had to stop the deadline. So it's just like that stuff is what I would suggest. So if you have if you want a picture, pick a category and then just start dumping in that category. Yeah, because I got mm-hmm. some stuff that a lot of people don't have. Yeah, that you know? too. That that works too. So, because so that one year we got the picture of the Owen Pelly's python, and we're like, that's yeah, so pretty. And we had and we had to throw that into the into the uh, calendar because it was like no one else has this and it's gorgeous. So that worked. That would too. be an, that would be another thing I would love to see. Yeah, they're they're pretty rare. I don't think they're I don't think that stuff is as rare as they think. But you know, like. Ruffies and and those I don't think they're as rare as they think. I think they're just so hard to find. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, because they're finding they're finding new species of monitors over there and lizards and stuff that they have never even seen. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that stuff is in in places that's so remote and so rugged, and you just can't get there to see it. Makes sense. And that stuff knows how to hide. Oh that's, yeah what they do. They're ambush predators and they're going to hide. And if you're not out there in the middle of the night tromping around, you're not really going to see them because that's when they're out. Yeah. Stuff's nighttime. 
that's where you find all that stuff. Lizards are during the daytime and snakes and stuff at night. Yep. That makes Besides sense. for pie pans and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll avoid the type ends, but you know. Yeah. I've had I've had hands on a King Brown. There's pictures of me tilling one. <laughs> First year. Oh wow. Oh God. That's awesome. Yeah, you definitely want to respect that stuff. I mean it's like if you don't know what it is, don't touch it. And if you do want to know what it is and it's poisonous, still don't touch it. Still don't touch it. <laughs> it's better just to say don't touch it, no matter what it is. Just don't touch um, it. Uh, yeah, um, Mitch's buddy was just free handling that stuff. Just reach oh, it up, pick it up, pull it out. Inland taipans, number one most deadliest snake in the world. Oh, oh my gosh. God. Like, and they're like olives, dude. You look in their eyes and they're thinking about their next move. They're checking you out and... There, yeah, you see stuff going on that that snake is thinking. Wow, that's yeah, nuts. that's scary. That is nuts. <laughs> yeah, that's well, terrifying. He's been, he's been in the hospital. He was he was in the he was in the hospital for like three months. He made a mistake Jesus. and got nailed. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll have to that have you back on to talk about that kind of stuff. stuff. So, oh, yeah. I mean, all that insanity in Australia and stuff, so. It's like legless lizard or a lapid. <laughs> <laughs> Don't chase yeah, it. Yeah, that happened a couple of times. We were thinking, oh, yeah, uh, okay, it's got to tell we can grab it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Because all, all those little lapid stuff, you can't tell if it's a legless lizard or a lapid. I mean, it's like, you know, you're just like, wow. Yeah, we had that happen a few times. Jesus. That yeah. No, no thanks. I'll I'll leave that <laughs> to you guys. That one's a little that's a little too crazy it's, for it's me. It's nice when it's nice it's nice when you have a local with you. Yeah. You know, like Mitch was you know, Adams was with us Adam and uh Simon were with us over in Western Australia and then um when we went over this time Mitch came up, met up with us and took us up to Iron Range. And uh it was, you know, good having those guys because they can kind of, they kind of know what's what. Right. We had this one, this one little snake was like, I mean, he was giving us the show and he was, you know, getting pissy and striking at the camera and like, he wasn't, he wasn't a lapid. We found out later that he was a slaty gray, you know, that he wasn't a lapid, but he sure was acting like he was one and we weren't going to be fooled us because we weren't touching his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> got some good GoPro footage of them, so that was kind of cool. That is awesome. Cool. All right, guys. Well, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. We'll, a whole bunch we'll more definitely hours. have you back on with this one. Yeah. Thanks for inviting. Yeah. Again. Absolutely. Yep. You got. We'll it. see you hopefully at Tinley. All right. <laughs> when is when is that? Cause October. Yeah. First it's, weekend it's, in October. I don't yeah. know that date. Yeah, yeah. I think Seven? they're trying to change. We used to have the Puyallup show the same time. Yes. So that's why we yeah. were going. But I think um, a couple other guys took it over from Giovanni and Paula. 
because they're not doing it anymore. They're just, you know, tired of doing it for all those years. Yeah, it's uh, October 7th and 8th. Okay. I mean, we probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't go over there to sell stuff, but it would just be too much of a hassle, but but we even talked about it. Hang out. I just like to come and see it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all good for that. Absolutely. All right, guys, I'm going to get off here. All right. You have a good one. All right, Mark. All right, you too. Thanks again. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank you. All right. Have a All right. See you. See you. All right. Lots of stuff in there. Lots of cool stuff. So, uh, yeah. He's got like a ton of stuff. You imagine being Nick's runoff guy, or like Nick's like, here, take these pythons that you're not allowed to tell anybody you have and get them feeding for me. Holy All shit, right. man. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, no, thank you, sir. So, you know, that's, but that's awesome. And then he's got his own stuff too. And, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to go bug him about Hollis Pythons. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, you should you should find out that info and then... Uh, I should find out that trick. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, maybe. Uh, yeah. So I'll, then I'll have to call myself. I don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need you. Forget you. All right, I'm fine. Uh, so uh, next week... Uh, we're talking with Jason Pester. Uh, he is from Canada, and he is. Do you remember that crazy-looking jag that hatched out? I was out about to ask you if that was. Yeah. It's, he's calling it the That's extreme him? gene. Yes. Uh, so we're going to be chatting right. with him about uh, about that, and uh, you know, find out what the deal is with that. It's really uh, crazy-looking carpets uh, for sure. Yeah. You've seen it, right? I'm going to share it yes, over in the yes, chat. No, I, go ahead and throw it up in the chat, but yes, I have seen it. But, uh, you know, it it's still fairly new, correct? Yeah, I, I think – I'm not sure if this is the – I remember Second last year yeah. uh, the same sort of look hatched out, but I'm not 100% if it's the same exact thing, but uh, this is just recent hatch. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy looking. I'd say that thing's a year old looking. That that looks pretty big. No, that's the one that just hatched. What? Not too long ago. Yeah. All that color on a hatchling? Yep. All right, I'll buy it. (laughs) (laughs) Where do I send my money? Where do I sign? So, all right. So Yeah, it's crazy. So we're going to hear all about that and what else he has going on. uh, And, um... That's next week. Um, I don't have really. Yes. Um, So, yeah, we got some. uh, We're going to probably sometime in the next couple weeks, we'll be doing the calendar contest. So stay tuned for the results from that. Yep. Yeah. So uh, uh, we're going to try to do it. I got to work it out with, see when Bill's available and, uh, you know, whatnot, if he's going to come on and join us. If not, and we'll just do it ourselves and, you know, mm. get him to vote. But I'm almost done putting all the pictures together so you guys can vote. And... Oh, Bill might not be able to come on because he's got to go buy more Royal Pythons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll have to make sure that, uh, you know, he's not getting a fresh imported box from Africa on the night that we're going to do the show. Oh, his new Dinker project? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, 
for us, Morelia Python Radio, you can check out our website, MoreliaPythonRadio.com. Uh, you can stay up to date with us on our Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, if you want to listen to the show, uh, you can go to the blog talk. We have actually had so many episodes at this point that the first three episodes are no longer on iTunes. <clears throat> oh, yeah. shit. Does that, does that mean with new, every new episode we lose one? Yes. Oh wow! Uh oh. Yes. Yep. So we should we but, should we have we have those recorded somewhere, right? Well, they're the, all the episodes are on Blog Talk, so they'll never leave okay. Blog Talk. But I mean, if you're going way back into the archives and to the very very beginning, which we don't recommend. I yeah, mean, that's, to go that's to, horrible. <laughs> yeah. I'm listening back to uh, the episodes so that when we get to the anniversary show, um, but you're man, not surprised. Yeah. Well, I'm just, it's just, it's always funny, like how much we've grown, how much things have changed, uh, you know, like no, what we were excited about, you know, uh, <laughs> it wasn't, it never came to be like the Panther. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, just, it's just crazy shit. You know, it's just like this, it's like this snapshot in time of what was going on and, and now you listen to it and it's so such a different world. I mean, when we first started this podcast, you know, it was like the height of excitement as far as carpet pythons. You had the book, mm-hmm. you had carpet python row, you had not not that these things don't exist anymore, but you know, these new morphs were coming they out, these new happened. species yeah. were being available, you know, and it was yeah, it was just like it was it was a cool time to be involved in uh, right. everything that was going on. But, uh, yeah, so if you want to listen to those, you got to go to the Blog Talk page, which is uh, blogtalkradio slash moreliapythonradio.com. Uh, otherwise, you can listen on iTunes or whatever podcast app you so choose to use. Um, if you have any questions or comments, suggestions, etc., you can email us at info at moreliapythonradio.com. Please send all Bolin uh, hate uh, to Owen, which is uh, McIntyre at gmail.com. You know, you're, you're, you know, <laughs> you know, nice try. But you tried. That would be uh, it'd be E.B. Morelli. Just go ahead and actually just Facebook message Eric. Yeah. So, you know, that's fine. It, it's not that I don't like Bones. I just he like said it. He already more. said it. He already said that he prefers like... them over diamond pythons. No, My I prefer God. diamonds over bowlings. Yes. All right. Another way around. It's Damn it. Um, <laughs> either way, it's sacrilege. I, yes. You know, even though I agree with him. But, you know, <laughs> I'm not dumb enough to voice that out loud. So. Oh, and uh, mm. I saw an iCast picture pop up uh, last week, but I saw <laughs> on Facebook, mm-hmm. I don't know if this was in the MVF group, but um, they were talking about doing um, uh, who was coming to Tinley Park for Condros. And, you know, Buddy had said that he may come. And then oh. a couple other people said that they may come. And they were talking about bringing back the Condro Coalition, which would be pretty cool. But yeah, he's hoping that he's going to have, um, uh, I guess, some stuff worked out for ICAST number two. Nice. So it was uh, pretty exciting. Um, so um, stay tuned for that. I don't, I don't know. Uh, you guys didn't talk about that on GT 
uh, Keeper Radio, did you? I didn't want to. I know he and I have talked about it before, and I didn't want to kind of weigh in with uh, stuff that Bring wasn't it ready. I know he's. Yeah, I know he's. I know he's working on it, and uh, I know that it's kind of one of those things that everybody would definitely want to have another one. Uh, I know you and I are in that crew of wanting to have another one as well. So, uh-huh. uh, and we'll, we'll 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 wait. We'll we'll see. And I. I would just be hopeful that there would be somebody who breeds chondros that would attend Tinley, because I think that is a sorely missed thing at Tinley Park, is having uh, some good green tree python stuff. And unfortunately for the Chondro Coalition, at this point now they're copying off of us. So, I mean... Yeah, because they went I mean, away. Tech- so yeah, come on. I was gonna say technically yeah. they did it first, but they stopped. So now, but they stopped. Now Car- so now it's carpet. now they're copying off of us. So that's you know, right. Yeah, carpet. You're gonna take your carpet fest knockoff. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Condro fest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one needs to know about that. Yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah. So Tinley Park. Um, if you are, uh, again, we say this all the time and people don't listen the and they regret no, it. they never do. <laughs> um, but, uh, if you're on the fence about hanging, headed out to Tinley Park, just stop do it. messing around and just go out it, it, and hang out and have a good time, man. It's it really, really a blast. Any, it is unlike any other reptile show you will go to this year. I was on the fence about possibly going to Daytona. I talked to a few of my friends who have gone there, and they say it's a great thing to do if you want to waste a couple hours. Okay. Tinley Park is a great thing to do if you want to waste three days. So, obviously, you have the show. You have the after shows where, you know, we all go out to eat, which is a freaking – used to be just like you, me, Matt, and like Zach. Now it's like, yes, we need a dinner party of 15 – and like you know, somehow we got an entourage, which is God knows where those <laughs> people came from. Um, so, yeah, right. and then also the drinking afterwards, the hanging out, the auction. And if you are a person who isn't that huge into reptiles or don't feel like hanging out the show for three full days, go to the show Saturday and then go see Chicago on Sunday. Yeah, and then swing back around and pick up your animals when the show before the show shuts down. Make it a weekend. You will enjoy the hell out of it. I promise you. Yeah. So, you know, if you're October a giant reptile nut, if you, and if you're a giant reptile nut who doesn't mind hanging around a show for three days, do it. Seven to eight, <laughs> come out. I will be there. Eric will be there. Jane Balin, Howard Redding. Uh, Matt. Matt will be there I with us. I oh. said Matt. Sorry. Rob Stone. Yeah. He'll be there with Rob us. Rob Stone, uh, yeah. I have to bring, I have to have, there's, I, I usually bring to the bigger shows. I usually have to have at least two hobbits. So, you know, luckily I <laughs> yeah, got you like, and Rob. Yeah. We're like uh book, uh book holders, you know, Bookends. Yeah, yeah, like book long end. lost brothers. Yeah. So yep. anyway, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. So um, do that and uh, definitely come out. Okay. Yep. So uh, I got two other things. Uh, don't forget for about, Rep the links, reptilinks.com. Uh, check it out. Nick is uh, doing a great job over there. Um, I'm having pretty good success with them. Um, you know, uh, I didn't think that uh, they would, carpets would take them as easy as they did, but they do. 
and um nice it's it's uh it's pretty cool for getting those uh dense meals into uh into growing uh growing snakes um and you know uh so far everything is uh has, has been pretty pretty solid so i'm pretty happy with everything right. but reptilinks.com check it out uh you can listen to the back episode where nick was uh on there and uh he explains all about his uh what he's doing and uh what they and, and they to. do you may have to what? I may have to give Hit him a call up. because I have, I have one, I have one baby that is just will not feed, so I may have to get some of those little little micro ones or something like that just to see what, what I can do. So come uh, the next time you're by, I'll, I'll give you some. I have some in my freezer. You can try them cool. out. Cool. Yeah. To Eric. Here's the thing. <laughs> he has. Uh, yeah, maybe you can help me probe some snakes. But uh, here's no. the thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he has two new scents coming out. I don't want to give okay. away. I, I know what they are. And Owen, you okay. will want this. You will want this. I most but he has two will. scents. Yes, he has two scents coming out. I'm going to just uh, share it with you real quick. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> Sidebar. <laughs> Go yeah. about your business, people who are listening. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, <gasps> Ooh. You're, yeah. 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 I figured you'd like that one. That, um, I thought that's where you were going. You know, it's either that or, you know, or, you know, you know it's either that or that's, that. That's the other one. So, that's the other that's one. The, oh, well, shit. All right. Yeah. Well, yep. 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 Yes. Gonna have to get those. <laughs> so, reptilinks.com. So, check it out. Um, and as far as myself, uh, ebmorelia.com. Uh, I don't know what Owen said on GTP Keeper Radio the other day, but it's ebmorelia.com. Uh, <laughs> you can follow what I'm doing in a few different ways. You can like me on my Facebook page. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram. Check out my website, uh, www. Why did I say www? ebmorelia.com. <laughs> Nobody says www anymore. <laughs> ebmorelia.com. I have my 2018 breeding page up with my pairing. So if you're interested in see what's going on, uh, go over there and you can check it out uh, and just get a feel for what uh, I, I have going on this upcoming season in 2018. Yes, it is early, but I want to be ready <laughs> out of the gate. So if you have any questions or comments or anything, um, Eric at ebmorelia.com. I will be putting some animals up pretty soon. Um, I have some citrus tiger stuff, had albino and some citrus tiger stuff, just straight citrus tiger stuff. Uh, then yeah. I'm going to be putting it up. I took a picture of my girl today. The I love founder. Oh my God. That animal is I've, sweet. I've loved her since you stole her from out from underneath me. <laughs> yeah. When um, I couldn't. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, that, uh, tri-stripe that I got yeah. for you. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's. That's looking. I sent you the picture, right? I'll put it. I know. Over the Isn't she pretty? Oh she's my a god, dude! Horrible little hellion. Oh my god, she's evil. But I was offered. I was offered her father, because um, I saw uh, Kyle at the at, at uh, Oaks this weekend. And he goes, "Did you want the boy?" I'm like, "I got no use for him. You know, I already got a tiger." I'm like, "But can you add? Can 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 he explain why his children are all bastards?" He's like, <laughs> I, he's like, he's like, it was the strangest thing, dude. I did the same pairing three years in a row, and this year they just all turned evil. And I'm like, all right, great. So, 
something I guess it was too hot or something in the incubator this one year. So yeah. This carpet is the meanest carpet mm-hmm. that I have. And, and this is uh, the ones that are here are still evil. I have like six or seven of them still. They're all bad. Holy shit, man. I know. Um that is a what was it? A tiger to a stripe? Is that it was what it was? Tig- it was a it was a, a Jason Balin tiger to a Peterson or uh tri-stripe. Right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And the idea that I'm hoping is is like if you can see on that picture that I just posted up, towards the front half of her body she has that black stripe in the middle. Yeah. That's that's what I'm hoping that I can uh get all the way down to get one, two, three, four, five, six stripes on her. Um, yeah. So cool deal. Uh monster. She's, she's nasty. She's nastier than my scrubs. I took the pictures Dude, of scrubs I today. I don't even want to hear it. I don't even want to hear it. I have to dodge Ooh. that ocelot head albino that I got from you, okay? She's uh, psychotic, all right? Yeah. Yeah, they are kind of so, nutty, too. I don't know what yeah, the deal we swapped, is. But... We swapped evil babies this year, okay? That's right. So, <laughs> so, so that's what I got going on, ebmorelli.com, and my email is eric at ebmorelli.com, so... Cool. Uh, for me, you can go to Rogue Dash Reptiles. The dash is important, apparently, because now there is a Rogue Reptiles in Las Vegas that breeds geckos. I'm not them. So Rogue um, Dash Reptiles. Dash. I don't. I don't. Dash. It pissed me off. Anyway, um, <laughs> Rogue Dash Reptiles. All the stuff we got going on at Rogue. You can also go on to Facebook and look up Rogue Reptiles, and you'll find us. Look for the black flag. If you don't see that, you're in the wrong spot. Uh, give us a like over there, as well as you can see all the happenings going on at Rogue. Uh, new babies are up and running. I have a batch of 20. They're going to need to get their pictures taken probably in the next couple weeks. They're all going through their second shed right now. So expect to see those. Those will be the red uh, Tiger Jags, uh, the repeat pairing that we've done. from We did it years ago, and now we repeated it. So we'll have that going up. And stay tuned for other things that might be coming up soon. Jungles, IJs, a few other coastals. Um, but I have no idea when those things are going to come up. As far as shows, uh, I will be attending the August 3rd Hamburg show, I believe it is. Uh, I, I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But it's first weekend in August, the Hamburg Reptile Show in Hamburg, Pennsylvania. I'll be attending, not vending. I took the summer off. Um, the next show I will be vending at will be the October Tinley Park Reptile Show. Hope to see everybody there as well as any other place. So that's all we have for everybody tonight. Thank you all for listening. And we will catch you all back here next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night.